The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rodicat, and you can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can also find me at CB Caps on Instagram. And the sound effects you hear are provided by nothing other than than our man in Brooklyn, one agents course seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Gotta watch those tongue slips. They're 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 dangerous things, I'll tell you. Um. You could also find this here program on... Oh, sorry. Oops. That note just distracted me just a second. Uh, you can also find this program on the, the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this here podcast on your podcast for the place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. And folks, once again, we have new releases. It is on. It's it continued to be as this train keeps a rolling. Because that's what trains do. Um, and we are going to start this week off uh, because we still have a big Marvel event going on with uh, one of said books. Lords of Empire, Celestial Messiah, number one. Right. If it wasn't for the altered shipping schedule, thanks to the um, the, the, the the rescheduling of books to uh, due to the uh, ongoing pandemic, we should have seen this book last week when Empire Number Three was released. Because in uh, chronological order, this book is uh, the story in this book is told prior to the events of Empire Number Three. Yep. So yeah. Um. <laughs> um. So yeah, and actually, um, I don't know if you noticed in the back of the book they do have uh, the revised uh, checklist with the different mm-hmm. phases in it. So it looks like it's more in the order that it should be in that we did not get previously. No, I did see that. That's where I, I kind of start to figure out. Wait, this isn't right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which you know, going into this book, you can kind of, and if you're keeping up on it, you can kind of tell. Like, okay, wait, this is definitely not. You know, like we know some things happened before this. I mean, after that, we read before this that would should have come after this, basically. And 
hence the the Empire Three thing. Because yeah, so basically, just just to run down this book real quick, um, uh, it's basically just a little bit of background, like right before Empire Number Three happened, in that. Um, um, uh, the swordsman and Koi were pretty much going through some, well, Koi specifically was going through some ritual that uh, the Kotati has, apparently. And uh, in the midst of that, uh, Mantis comes to basically try to talk him down from what they what they were about to do at the time, which was invade Earth. And um, I think this was even before the staging area on the moon, if I'm not mistaken, or they were getting towards that part, if I, if I remember correctly. Um... So that happens. They talk. Um, as I say in my notes, Koi makes himself a little bit more unlikable in my eyes anyway. Um, but they fight. Well, they, they talk. They have a fight. Uh, things happen. And that pretty much, you know, gets to a place. But then after that, obviously, we you know, Empire Number 3 happens. And we find out that... Um, you know, that uh, Mantis says in Empire 3, is like, yeah, no, I've come to talk to my son, but at the end of this, she, I mean, but we already know because of this that she's already talked to him. And at the end of this, she's basically warning the people of Earth that um, that they're coming and that she's coming to, you know, to come in to help out. So that's pretty much where everything falls back into place. Right. There's really not, you know, like they have... Uh... You know they have their their uh, their um, their one on one confrontation. We get a little bit of um, a look into um, Koi's upbringing, and we also get into a little bit of Mantis's background when it comes to her uh, adventures with the Guardians and how you know. You know, things that she contemplated doing at that point, she's now contemplating now. Right. Uh, The things that she wasn't willing to do at that point in the Guardians run, she's willing to do now. So um, it's a a pretty informative book. I don't think it's consequential in any way, but it's definitely informative. Yeah, it definitely gives them them some some background information. And also, as I guess as uh, Agent 70 is fun to say, it's a little bit of retconning sort of to a point it's not really retconning well it's a more as i said it, it's um historical reconditioning of, of some events mm-hmm. um because it goes back to the past when uh the mantis mantis and swordsmen were well swordsmen i guess specifically were possibly about to get inducted into the adventures for probably this i guess this is when it came when they came back because he met early on and then things happen and then he's kind of come back and then they finally made him an Avenger at some point. Um, but there was also, there was a scene, one of the first scenes was like, well, this was early on, you know, right before that happened and Mantis and Swordsman were talking uh, because she wanted to kind of let Koi know about her actual father and not the person, you know, or not the being that is inhabiting his form. Um... So there was a little bit of, you know, so there was a little bit of that happening, which actually brings me to something that I had a, a slight issue with, because uh, when they were talking, and I don't know if you noticed this or not, when they were talking, they were uh, the one of the last thing there was like, well, what if we do if, if we don't, uh, if the Avengers don't take us? Like, I think Mantis says, maybe we'll join Cirque du Soleil. 
Mm. So now, yes, Marvel's sliding history aside, uh, Swordsman, if I'm if I remember from reading correctly, uh, and you know, going back and whatever, Swordsman didn't become an Avenger until like one twelve, from what I read, um, which was like in nineteen seventy three, which was well before Cirque du Soleil was even thought about. Come on, the events of, I was about to say, the, the, all this stuff comes from the events of uh, the Kree Scroll War, and to them, it's just like, it's just like it was yesterday. So, uh, I, they, mm, I, I, mm, nah. Because they do this sometimes. Like, sometimes there's some language that's like, that's not language they would have ever used back in the right. day. My that's point. the point. Yeah, but that's my point. You know, it's, uh, it, it's because of the sliding timeline. That's not okay. I don't, I don't appreciate. I don't like that too much. I'm, mean, I'm not making it a big, big deal. But and like, I was kind say, of and we are setting the tone for Roddy Cat's commentary for tonight. No, just that one. Everything else is cool. Um, well, actually, maybe one other thing. But <laughs> not other. I just thought, when you said that, I was like, wait He's a minute. Like, that's no, not, just one other thing. Like no, I just no, I just remembered uh, there was another book that was like I kind of took an issue with how they handled something. But anyway, regardless, but that that aside, and like I said, and I recognize there's a sliding here that I even said it in my notes. So it's not that I did not recognize that fact, but it was like, that's still kind of annoying when they do stuff like that. Uh, but I'm going all that this issue, what it is, like like you said, it gives a little bit of ish, uh, give a little bit of backstory and that, that kind of stuff, some stuff that had we read this, you know, had we read this when it was, should have come out, which was before, which was like last week, or mm-hmm. well before, or before now, like okay, well we knew there was an attempt made to try to to do a thing that apparently we thought was going to happen, uh, you know, in Avengers. I mean, in, in Empire number three, or after, or at some point in the Empire, which right. actually, I mean, I guess, we can, yeah, I was about to say we can now roll right into Empire number four, which indeed happened. Yeah, which indeed what exactly. happens. So exactly. Empire. Well, yeah, what you were referring to actually happens in Empire Number Four, right? But so Empire Number Four is what we're going to next. Um, if you want to go ahead and say sure. what you want to say about that. So, so in Empire Number Four, something is amiss on the bridge of the Kree Scroll flagship. <laughs> uh, you know, the Human Torch and Captain Marvel uh, object and essentially defy the Emperor's order. That's Emperor Doric the Eighth, um, aka uh, Hulkling. So. Um, he commands them to be sent, you know, to be taken care of. But uh, the, the, I believe it's the scroll wizard or or, or, or witch, yes. teleport them away to, you know, not 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 to death, not not far away into exile, but to uh, Hulkling and Wick, and Wiccan's apartment, where the Torch and Captain Marvel. Uh, um, meet up with uh, Wiccan, who's been out fighting Kotati. Um, we flash to uh, Reed and Tony working on tech and strategies, and they're basically just, you know, figuring out where they want to, uh, you know, where they want to step in. You know, talking about um, uh, 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 Tony's stupendously frustrated still about having been duped, and uh, they make a reference to. Thor being off on his own doing something uh, Age of Ultron that we'll never we're see. Still not gonna see. Yeah, exactly. We're still not gonna see for a little while. Um, the battle continues in Wakanda as the Kotati advance. Um, guess what? The story of the immortal She Hulk continues as a twist in this issue. Um, and ultimately, we find out oh, uh, that part comes up when um, Mantis 
makes another attempt to try to uh, talk Koi down from, you know, to, to, uh, talk him down from uh, from the aggressive stance that the Kotadi uh, are in now. The war, you know, talk him down from war, talk him down back to peace, and it doesn't go uh, the way she thinks because the She-Hulk turns on them. Um, as I said, it's the story of the immortal She-Hulk continuing. Uh, and we end the story, or this, this chapter of Empire, uh, finding out that Wiccan does not think Teddy is actually Teddy at this point. We are dealing with Skrulls, after all, and we find out but we why knew that. Wiccan seems to think. What's that? But we already knew that, given last issue. Right. Well, you know, we don't know how that happens, but we suspect how that happens now, given what we find out in the last issue. So... Um, what I was going to say is we find out why Wiccan has such a strong um, uh, opinion on this matter and it's revealed that uh, spoiler alert here for anyone who has not read this but it's definitely uh, probably made some headlines or at least minor headlines I will ring the spoiler bell in 3, 2, 1 Uh, Wiccan and Hulkling have been married off panel. Right. So we're probably going to see that in a future issue, you know, like kind of flashing back to that. Yeah, I would assume it's probably going to be one of those epilogue issues, or at least, a, you know, an epilogue issue where they were like, oh, yeah, well, this since this is all over with, that's, you know, we're like to go, okay. we'll actually show you, show you all what happened. Yep, agreed. Um, but yeah, I was like, because I know I've seen there definitely have been articles about that part, and I was like, like saying that Marvel spoiled, you know, X Y Z. I'm sitting here like, how do they spoil it? If like I get why they're saying it, but it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, like how did they spoil something that you know that came up as part of the story? Kinda, yeah. So I'm sitting here like, uh, okay. That, that that part didn't make any sense, but but again, slow. It's uh, you know, given these days and the news cycles, it's even with uh, SDCC's virtual thing, it's still a slow news day on certain certain accounts because Lord knows some of the stuff that they they put out on on some of these sites now is like this isn't really necessary. But you got to keep it up and get it anyway. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much that one. I, all I basically said was like, yeah, it was Mantis and Corey plus uh, and Swordsman Part Two, but Age of Seventy kind of went through all of that. I guess uh, if I had a, 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 it's not necessarily an issue, but I was like, okay, really? Was that the fact that the Hulk was used because she was green? <laughs> I know. That was I'm funny. Like, eh. I'm like, okay, that's, I get it, but I was like, uh. <laughs> Take it up with Al Ewing. You know he's going the Immortal Hulk route with her, so. Yeah, I know, I know. And which, on that respect, I'm like, okay, so I get it. Because that has, like, I know, and I know, like, when this first started, uh, Al Ewan's kind of was pretty much pushing stuff going that way by, you know, giving her the suit and having her, you know, mixed with the Kotati stuff or, you know, and having her change back to basically her She-Hulk looking, more looking self because he's going to do that down the line. So that part wasn't, you know, was not lost on me. But it was like, okay, well, you just did this and that in service to doing this and sort of doing that. I'm like, okay, I can't be mad at it in the long run. But it, just seeing that and just seeing that, I was like, okay, really? All right. I'm going to give you this one. But if. 
Anyway, we can move on to uh once we just I got a couple of Empire books to go. Yeah. Uh Empire X-Men number two, I guess actually would be the next one in the listing. If I'm if I'm not mistaken. Are you looking at the checklist? Well, I did. I this is I'm looking at the order that I read it in, which is pretty much similar to the to the the checklist. Uh Empire X-Men number two. Was what mm-hmm. we will go ahead and talk about, and this is a potential click of the week for me. Okay, because um, hey, guess what, folks? We have said before that Hickman don't really put much in uh, to his events that he doesn't plan on getting some use out of, and uh, here comes the late the the old ladies of horticulture who were from like X Men like nine. Eight, nine, something like that. Actually, it's probably like like six or seven, like that. In regard to early on in the in um the the the, pre, the the recent run of X Men, they bested or pretty much gave it to uh, a group of X Men, including Cyclops and Emma, Emma Frost, and it was a pretty amusing story at, at that. Well, now they were um back uh, at the end of Empire X Men number one. Because they're still doing their thing and they're still, you know, whatever. So they're in uh, Genosha, Genosha, and they just so happen to save the uh, Krakoan Gate, you know, probably for their own use, obviously. But they save the um, they save the gate, which leads to um, an altercation with them and uh, the crew that are there, which includes uh, Magic Angel. Um, Wait, Magic Angel, Monet, and Multiple Man was in the once in the group. Um and again, they kinda get the best of a couple of, of the um the um the Krakoans, the male folks specifically, um to to funny effect. And um to just to kinda continue going off of my notes. Sadly there is no um Plants vs. Zombies reference. They ended up kind of they they start a fight. They do the fight. They go through a little bit of, of a morale, but then they end up having to go to um, a temporary truce. And sometimes was that happen in order to uh, defeat the the Kotati and the zombies, which were the Plants vs. Zombies that I was referencing. Um, you know, up until the end of the end of the story, where. I forgot. They also had the uh, Genosian Gate locked up, uh, but Magic pretty much almost sends them to Limbo and um, gets them to unlock the gate so that she can call for help. And at the end of the issue, she calls for some some psychic help to uh, go into the next issue. So this was this was kind of a fun read because, like I said, the the when when the when these ladies uh, showed up. The, the first time it was kind of amusing, but also I was like, yeah, these old ladies just kicking, kicking X-Men, but <laughs> or at least right, they giving them. In the, yeah. They basically get in the way, yeah. <laughs> in this, you know, in, in, in last issue and this issue, I just wanted to note that magic actually senses that some bad magic was unleashed. Right. So, you know, that uh, leads us back to the, uh, the Genesis of this particular cross, uh, this particular, um, uh, right. Uh, which tie-in, um, tie-in spin-off, exactly yeah. spin-off issue, spin-off. Right, uh, because basically, uh, if you don't, if you remember, the Scarlet Witch tried to atone for her 
for her House of Mnist stuff by trying to bring back all of the uh, the dead uh, Genosians. And right. of course, that didn't work, and they're all zombies now. So, so we'll see where this goes. I think this is a four issue limited series, I, I so we still have two case. more to go. Mm-hmm. So that's it. And it also says like, yeah, sometimes you forget. Magic has this obsession with making out because she she makes this makes a comment. And was like, well, I guess I'm hoping no one here wants to make out because as they're as they're in the midst of fighting um, the the zombies and horticulture at the same time. <laughs> and and as I said, I was like, yeah, you kind of forget that she's kind of a, a magically quote unquote made, aged up um, six year old. I think she was either six or nine uh, when it happened. So we talked about um, whatever event that was that that was right after that happened. Yeah, but she died since then, so I don't remember how like when they brought her back. You know, like whenever she came back, what age she was supposed to be? Yeah. I mean, obviously, all, all of them are a little bit older than they were, you know, in, in the original. All of the new mutants are a little bit older than what they were. So it's not like, you know, but I'm just saying she's still kind of like, yeah, she spent a, a bunch of time in limbo. That's why I say magically aged, but she wasn't actually aged up, but she was in limbo where time changed, which I'm passed a little differently and then ended up coming back to Earth as a 13 year old originally and like I said, has aged up since then. But right. you, kind of forget, you kind of forget that it's like, you're right. She's. She's still mentally slightly younger than everybody else. Sorta. I mean, like I said, she did grow up in, in limbo, but regardless. Anyway, uh, like I said, this is a, a potential click of the week. I, I kind of enjoyed this one, part, obviously because of horticulture. It's just so wacky. Yeah. It was such a wacky issue because of horticulture. Or horticulture, ha-ha pun, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was that was pretty amusing. So we'll move on to, I guess... The last tie-in issue, uh, the last yeah, this is a specifically a tie-in issue. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Four number twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, in this book, we find that Franklin and Valeria pull their weight to a certain extent, and um, the priests of Palma, who are the ones attacking them, uh, have made an uh, have have a plot that actually comes straight out of the Kree Scroll War. That they that they that they find uh, that they that they figure out uh, is essentially what they need when they tap into the knowledge of uh, what do they call him? He's the um, he's the record of the entire Cree the, the entire Cree. He's the chronicle uh, of the entire entire Cree uh, history. Yeah, that's it. He's the he's he's the chronicle. Ah ha ha. He's a chronicle. You know, on the combo chronicles, he's the chronicle <laughs> of entire Cree history. So they tap into him and, and realize that he has the means to create the um, Omniwave projector. Oh, no. Is that a shout out from the past? Blast from the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a pretty it's, it's a pretty nice little flashback. Um, and obviously for us, it means a lot more now that we've read the Kree Skull War. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that little kid Joven becomes uh, a key part of the story, and um, the newly the, the newly formed substitute FF is revealed. And as I said earlier, Franklin and Valeria pull their weight to the extent that uh, the FF's computers, when it comes to the the substitute FF protocols that we that we've seen used in the past, realize that Franklin and Valeria are essentially two members of the FF now. Well, it's not even realized. This is more that like Reed had to basically says, uh, Oh no. He basically tells them that, um, 
like no the 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 the, the computer wasn't wrong it, right. it's just that like no there were two members of the ff there there was you two guys which i love that i, I did love that last uh scene i mean that last uh page that was pretty cool it's like oh no the, the computer wasn't wrong it was just that no y'all were already there so you know they just filled in what was left and that would be spidey and uh spidey and wolverine and of course you know the the the, the suits came out and and Spider Wolves got their got their FF substitute suits now, and they're oh, cool. a part of the team. Yeah. What I was gonna add is that um, what's cool is that the 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 OG get the fours, and in this case, the substitute FF. Right. The two uh, normally Franklin would have an F, and Valeria would have a V, but now they get the fours, and Spidey and Wolverine don't actually lose their individual. In the, their individuality, right? Because symbols on their chest are actually a spider and X, respectively. So it's cool that uh, you know, just in the design that that, mm-hmm. that they incorporate that in. Yeah, one other little cool note. I don't know if you noticed it, but there was a whole panel was when they were fighting the priest of Palma earlier, and Wolverine goes to tackle a bunch of uh, priests, and then there's that like that little panel down at the bottom of the page where he just kind of going through the motions uh, fighting. Uh, yeah, he's you know he's he's basically uh, slicing and dicing his way through them. Right, I like that little panel because like that's kind of reminiscent of some like Marvel Knight stuff that would have you know that would have done. So I thought that was pretty. Who's the art on this? So that was a pretty cool touch in in, in an FF book, anyway. I mean, these are the 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 art in this book is solid mm-hmm. because. Um, they're established artists. It's Paco Medina and Sean Isaacs, right? And uh, you know they definitely have a, 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 a solid track record as as, uh, as comic artists. Also, give credit to Marcio uh, Meniz and Jesus Aburtov, the color artist. So, um, you know, this is definitely a, a good looking book overall. Um, also, I give slot credit, uh, just kind of bringing back some of the slot Spidey stuff. You know, there's lots of great little lines that he gives Spidey, and it's nice to see. Um, you know, the, uh, uh, Slot Spidey definitely has a way about him and a, right. and a way of speaking that's different from Spencer's. There's, you know, this one is just there's um, <laughs> there's a couple of really great exchanges about um, about Spidey's. What is it? The uh, oh, the wedding one? No, 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 no. He's talking. Oh, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. He's talking about. Um, He's talking about his spider sense being indirect and and unreliable right. and and uh, and and whatnot. So it was pretty. Uh, I just appreciated seeing Slot write uh, Spidey again like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. All that what you just said. It was there was some pretty good stuff all the way around in this in issue. But I dare say it was a potential click of the week also, even though I didn't put it down on, on in the thing. There's been a couple of them this week, so actually that's pretty good. So we can. Oh, there's a couple of enjoyable issues this week. That's what there's I mean. definitely a couple. Yeah. Uh, so I we can laugh out loud moments too, to be honest. Yeah, and actually, um, we can get to another one of said books because um, I think we are done with. We're pretty much done with the Empire books for the mm-hmm. week, and let's get to um, Black Cat number twelve. Sure. So this is the last issue for now. We we had this discussion before uh right. before the show whether it's actually the final final issue or whether it's just a temporary issue because of, of temporarily ending because they're going to start over with a new volume or whatever the case may be or they wait until this king of back 
pack uh, event finishes up. We don't know um, one way or the other, but we. I would say we actually do have a hint at least if we if we were smart enough and we weren't. <laughs> what happened? What do you mean? Go to Jen McKay's Twitter account, and he actually posts um, uh, about this on on his Twitter account. Hmm. He says that no, we've still got scams to pull and loot to grab. And the vaults of the Thieves Guild aren't going to crack themselves. He cannot go too deep into the weeds before there's an official announcement hmm. from Marvel. Okay. So it's the bottom line. So and as you know, they're, I'm, I'm they're gonna on a guess, break for a while. That's what he yeah. says. And I'm guessing because I'm thinking I know I have an article about it that maybe that might have mentioned that, but I don't know. So like I said, um, but I don't remember reading that that part about that. But that's good to know. That is good. But regardless, Black Hat number 12 is another potential uh, click of the week. It Absolutely. Is, uh, war, and we've always said that because we, we've, we've both uh, Agent 7 and I have been a fan of this book since it, uh, since it came out. And uh, I'm happy to hear that it, that it doesn't seem like it's going to go, be going away for, for good. But um, so after the events of last issues, uh, kept, um, Broke into Stark Industries and uh, got got a thing from him, but also got this temporary piece of armor. And I say temporary, which I'm I'm kind of upset because I kind of wish she kept the armor, even if she didn't just use it. Like she broke it out every now and then because it's kind of cool. Um, but she she gets this this armor. She fights ends up fighting armor um, Iron Man, who's kind of befuddled because she's doing some stuff in armor that apparently you shouldn't be able to do. Uh, but then she gives uh, she gives uh, Tony the slip and goes after Odessa, uh, the head of the Thieves Guild, which that was unexpected. I was like, huh, okay. I wasn't really expecting her to just do that. And I think they even say later on in the book, it was like, oh, that was kind of a bold move for, you know, to, to potentially tipping your hand. Right. Um, but... You know, she she uh, pretty much goes to Odessa, kind of makes some some threats and de- demands, and then Tony catches up to her, and then we find out that um, some things are weren't necessarily what they uh, seem to be in the the early goings of this issue. Um, and then we cut to uh, uh, Black Cat and her crew. Uh, Basically talking about some, you know, their next steps and whatnot, and then at the end of the the issue, we get uh, Felicia in a new well, in a new colored suit, I guess we said, reading the, the Daily Bugle and finding out she's uh she's front page news. So I was about to say, I I think there's something else implied. I wonder if there's someone else running around, you know? Yeah, there that I wasn't quite entirely sure of the implications because it was like, okay, that's. Because the the especially with the um with what the newspaper was saying and this is what I don't want to necessarily give it away but the the right. the, uh, the newspaper headline kind of suggested something which it could either be that yes what Agent Seventy says is the case or something happened that uh, caused her to have to kind of do which Spider Man has actually done this before it's like well the, you know her his. His original suits kind of tainted because of because of things going on, so he changed the suits, you know, to for reasons. Um, right. So we don't know which way that falls, but re- regardless, this right? Is there's definitely got. something uh, teased coming up, so that's uh, it's it's good to know that uh, 
uh, McKay and company are going to be uh, continuing Felicia's story after the King and Black event. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention that um, uh, the art by C.F. Via and colors by Brian Reber are fantastic in this book. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I also wanted to mention that, um, you know, what, what Roddy Cat was uh, referring to is that Felicia is using more than just Stark Tech to take a joyride and get away with the key, quote unquote, that she made in Iron Man's Forge. She's also using an old Stark strategy against him. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, it's actually something that, uh, you know, it, it took Iron Man just a little while to figure out, like, oh. You know, but <laughs> yeah, he was a little miffed about that. <laughs> it was like, really? Like, honestly, you're right. It's honestly one of his old strategies. It's, Actually, you know, yeah, old and new. If you think about the MCU, because it's not like that hasn't been employed there. That's directly, true. But that's true. That's true. So it was, uh, uh, you know, this book was a lot of fun. This is a potential click of the week for me because I really like the fact that McKay uh, incorporated the fact that this suit was made under duress. Mm-hmm. So it lacked several systems that normally would be incorporated into an Iron Man suit. So, um, you know, there, 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 there were things that, uh, you know, that were not left out in the thought process. And that I really appreciated. Right. I really appreciated that that was not, you know, it wasn't like, oh, you know, we can just turn out one of these Iron Man suits willy nilly and it's uh, top of the line you know, with all um, the bells and whistles, all options. Yeah, exactly. With all options uh, installed, it's not the case. It's actually that, that 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 would be something that actually takes time. And uh, the fact that this was made under duress left it incomplete, or at least um, not fully loaded the way we would expect the way that we would expect it to be. Right. So, and I want to say I want to say that was something that was actually mentioned last issue while she was doing that because she was like, "All right, well." I, I, I don't know. I would have to go back to that issue and say, but I feel like there was there was a line between her and the AI. It was like, well, this is going to take X amount of time, and like, okay, well, scrap that. Let's do, you know, let's, right. Let's but in terms sure. of what's not put in in that mm-hmm. shortened span of time, you know, that's what that's what I really appreciate about this. There's actually like a good amount of thought involved in the story, right? You know, not glossed over. So that's really, you know, uh, I can't recommend this Black Cat book enough. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of fun. It's a shame that it's taking a break because of, uh, you know, whatever reasons, uh, King and Black or production reasons because of COVID. That's what my uh, guess is. So, you know, we'll see where we are when uh, you know, we'll see what happens when Marvel makes their hopefully makes their announcement sooner rather than later that Black Cat is back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes in the new year. I'll be honest, because we are already in August. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps we'll see. You know, like I said, I did not hold out the same faith as uh, as um, Agent Seventy did because sometimes, sometimes I do some stuff like that. I'm like, not nah, this book just canceled just for no reason, and we'll never see this stuff again, even though it did leave on something. But I don't know. Right. And even even in the reasons, you should have just checked the Twitter account before. I mean, sometimes you don't. I mean, <laughs> but sometimes that stuff wouldn't have. You know. They might not. He might not have said anything before. Now, sometimes that happens until like after record or something. No, this posted. I was gonna say this. He did pin this tweet yesterday, thankfully. So right, but I'm saying, but sometimes that doesn't happen. So we can't. It's not necessarily a, a, always a reliable thing. Right. Um, we should have checked. But yeah. Um. So we can move on to well, I don't know. Pull out a book. 
Uh, let's see. Um, we can do something quickly that was very disappointing to us. Doctor Strange, Surgeon Supreme, number six. Yes. Now this was a speaking of surprise cancellation. Um, this yes. was actually um, killed with this. It is actually canceled. Mm-hmm. Unlike Black Cat. You know, Black Cat is, uh, I guess... That's still tentative in my eyes. But hiatus. <laughs> again, that's still tentative in my eyes until I see something official, regardless of what McKay says. Um, but I'm, but that gives me some hope. Regardless, uh, yeah, Doctor Strange, Soldier Supreme, No. 6, uh, last issue, uh, which... So here's the uh, one of the ones that I alluded to that I had kind of an issue with. Um the reason so we find out Madame Mask's reasonings for why she's doing what she's doing. And, <laughs> and I'm sitting here like we I specifically said in my notes, like, come on, comic book writers, we can do better than this. She basically does all of this for love. So she sets up this big black so first of all, she she puts out some business speaking here. She was like, Well, you know, uh the the there's the the blue ocean and the red ocean, and basically having to do with you know markets that are untapped and markets that are that I are tapped. And, that. Yeah, that was actually pretty good. I, that was like, all right, I see this is probably going to somewhere pretty good. But then that's when we find. But then we go, later find out, like, nah, she just did this love. So she does a red market, red red ocean, blue ocean thing that has something to do with you know untapped markets and, and whatnot. So I was like, all right, cool, going into something. So she's tapping into this, uh, you know these illegal arms, these magically, magically illegal arms, uh, business, delivery business, you know, you know, going along with that. But we come to find out it's because nah, she just wants to get Tony, Tony Stark's love. <laughs> like, I was like, I got to that part and I was like, really? Come. The, I laughed. On. I laughed. I kind of giggled when I saw that because Kev Walker does such a great job of rendering um, what this uh, particular form of a password would be. And it was just so well rendered. I just couldn't stop giggling. It was so funny. Yeah, I was like, that's just late. Yeah, I mean, it's a problem. Yeah, I was about to say, it's a problematic, um, it's a problematic motivation. Although I hate to say this, it's not, you know, it, it's not uh, completely impossible in, in the realm of, you know, of, uh, unrequited love so uh, i damn impossible down the possibility of it's still lazy i don't care but uh, it's still lazy and stupid <laughs> and problematic like come on like madame yeah, for does, for everything madame mask is like she everything they've even said in this issue and in previous places is like yeah she is you know she's a in her own right of force to be reckoned with but but now you're just like no nah, she's just a different level i'm like Jokes. It's Stop. just insane. I, I, I kind of chuckled at that. So, But that is Yeah, but, but that yeah, I mean, You know, like I, I, you know, just hold on to that thought. I wanted to just mention that the whole motivation that she came up with for getting into the magical arms trade was so well written. I right. really like that great. part. Yeah. And then when we got to the, then when we got to the, um, the uh, the password part, and we see why she why she uh, 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 did what she did, and w- what her motivations are. Yeah, I, I I giggled. It was probably you know muffling a groan to be honest, but um, it's it's oh, you know I, like I don't know if it's lazy because at the end of the day, that is part of the character's overall motivation or historical motivations. 
back in the day. Come on, just, that doesn't mean this character had to stay there. Um, but so yeah. Anyway, regardless, it, it's that's what it was, and um, uh, needless to say, Doctor Strange and uh, with the assist of Doctor Druid, I'm going to still call him that, even despite he's not officially going by that. They uh, pretty much deal with the situation. And there was also a, a little funny side on the, on that part. It was like Doctor Strange is having his inner monologue while while they were fighting Madame Mask, and it was like, well, this is not nothing. He still can't trust the you know uh, Doctor Druid because this and another. And and Druid's like, you know, I can hear you, right? So the so the inner monologue that we see as you know like inner inner monologue boxes was pretty much translated as you know him actually his inner thoughts, you know in the world as well as just as well as to the audience. So that part was kind of funny to me. And he didn't even know he still did it. It was like, and you know, he still continued to do the inner monologue and, you know, even after that, but at the end of it, he was like, you know what? Yeah, I was wrong for that. And I apologize. And let me buy you a cup of coffee and, you know, try to make amends. And then the book pretty much ends. Right. I would say, I, I just wanted to touch back on Madam Mask. And one of the last things that, they try to do is they try to help her by yeah. by magically curing her of her mental illness. And, you know, Dr. Strange does realize that he's dealing with someone who is mentally ill and it's definitely not part of his, you know, part, you know, it's not the focus of his training. Obviously he's the surgeon Supreme, but it's interesting to see that he does try to, uh, to help her and, uh, and, 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 and not, um, uh, you know, maybe not, uh, immediately go into either taking vengeance on her or, uh, you know, doing, you know, some other kind of, uh, taking her, you know, uh, bringing her to justice in some way. Um, but, uh, you know, he tries to help her and she makes a break for it. And now she's, uh, being hunted mm-hmm. according strange, at least, uh, she's being hunted by all the, um, the customers that she made selling magical arms to who've seen their magical arms, uh, go bye-bye. Right. Thanks to what Doctor Strange does in this. I also wanted to mention. Actually, no. You know, make your point, and then I wanted to see if uh, you bring up the last. I know. Thing. Go ahead, because um, yeah, the, the only thing was a I had was a passing thing. Oh no! I mean, and I, I think to... we, we might have been going on the same same run because yeah, got, all I was going to say was that um, that part about her being hunted. I'm wondering. I'm hoping and wondering if they're going to actually something's going to actually touch on that at some point. What I was going to actually mention is they're going to do something with Druid because they tease him. No, really. They tease that something is happening to him. You don't see it in the art where like his hand is glowing and right. his but arm I, is transformed. I had assumed that that was a part of his, you know, his um, power set or at least his, you know, whether what they're, what well, they're, what they're making because he was a Druid, you know, he it's not like his powers weren't naturally based anyway, but yeah, uh, I did see that, but I was kind of like, right. well, that's just part of, the reason the reason why I mention it is that if you look at the panels in which they showcase what's happening to Druid's right arm and hand, mm-hmm. is that they're all tucked away behind him, behind Strange's back. Right. So I think that that's a tease, or would have been a tease for um, for developments in the character of uh, Doctor Druid, aka Anthony Ludgate, right. uh, in the near future. But this book has been canceled, and we have confirmation of it by. Because we have goodbyes from both Mark Wade and Kev Walker at the end of the book, and 
it was sad. But it still doesn't mean that this they, that they couldn't come back to this at some point, hopefully uh, somewhere down the line. But yes, this volume is definitely ending, and with no no immediate plans that we know of, or you know, anytime soon for any kind of uh, new volume. And definitely was sad because this actually was a, a pretty good um, book going into it. And yeah, they were they have definitely been touching on um, Druid's status since the beginning of it because because there was. There were still unanswered questions even up until this with, you know, what was going on with him. And as Age of Seventies said that, yeah, they were definitely alluding to something happening, probably, you know, uh, mm-hmm. issues from now as to what's maybe even the next issue could have been the one that started going down that road. We don't even know because this obviously this arc was over with. So, right. But we won't get to that anytime soon, if ever. Right. All I have to say is they need to get Kev Walker on another book right away <laughs> if he's not going to be doing Doctor Strange because the 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 twenty ninety nine no the uh, what you call it? not twenty ninety nine the two thousand A D sensibility that British uh, comic book art superhero art sensibility that he brought to this book uh, you know and and whatever adaptations he made or allowances he made for uh, for American audiences if any really worked well. I really liked what he did on this book. They need to put him on a book ASAP if he's not going to be doing Doctor Strange. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, so that being said, uh, do you have one more book or are we going to push to yeah. Rapid? I was going to say, um, we're going to do Rapid, I think, because we both read a lot of books this week. Mm. Uh, um, we do have a little bit of crossover, but I will spin it up so that we can do Rapid Fire. Okay. Yes, folks, rapid fire. Uh, you want to go ahead and do yours? Sure. Um, I'll start with a DC book, Batman number 96, the latest installation of Joker War. Uh, under the influence of the newest version of Joker Toxin, Batman's dream of a gleaming, futuristic Gotham City is quickly turned into a nightmare. Bats wakes to discover Harley Quinn has rescued him, and she tries to get him to snap out of it. Bats discovers the Joker's next move, and he makes his way to the movie theater to catch the mark of Zorro, hint, hint. Then the Joker uses some tech to make Joker zombies, and we're left on that cliffhanger. Um, Next up is Captain America number 21. The plot by Selene, the energy vampire, continues. And the rest of the power elite are doing other really disgusting things. Cap, Falcon, and Bucky make their move, but Selene and her followers are ready for it. Uh, let's see. So we did all of this Empire stuff. Did you read Guardians of the Galaxy number five? I did. All right. So uh, my notes are pretty brief. I basically say that uh, Moondragon's confusing status quo is sort of resolved in this story as the 616 Moondragon and the alternate universe Moondragon become one and the dueling Guardians teams reach a truce. Yeah, and I'll just add on to that from my notes and just say... um... Yeah, Moon Dragon versus Dragon on the Moon. Still confused about what's going on in, in that, especially when they bring up the Noah getting swallowed up in, in the last volume. Kind of, uh, but yeah, like uh, Agent 70 said, some of that's kind of looks like it's been uh, some sort of resolution there. 
or attempted resolution. We don't know. Uh, Hercules versus the Prince of Power. Well, actually, screw it. Let's skip over. Uh, Rocket loves it when the plan comes together. I know Agent Seventy would have lo- would love that. Um, of course. And of course, last but not least, hot Moon Dragon on Moon Dragon action. No, no. I would I would mention that. Uh, they're definitely that Al Ewing is definitely teasing something with this Prince of Power character because of the way he speaks and how he's interacting with Hercules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even Hercules for the action when he heard heard his name was pretty funny. He's like, what? what? Right. When he, yeah, exactly. Like, what? 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 Who are you? And and just the way he's speaking, his speech patterns are um, reminiscent of a former. Uh, Herc- a former rendition of Hercules. I right. Think. Yeah. Exactly. Because if people didn't know, Hercules was going by the the you know that name, Hercules the Prince of Power back in back in the day. Right. And even spoke that way too. So I yes. think that's where this is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that's a direction I think this is going to go. I also wanted to mention that um, uh, the the teaser for the upcoming issue is uh, going to deal with Nova. And it's just going to probably depress me more because now that I finally convinced Roddy Katz to read Annihilation and to see, you know, that kind of the, the height of the character and, and what they brought Richard Ryder to, to see him brought low kind of sucks. Even though it's kind of logical, I hate to say this, you know, um, yeah. there's definitely like elements of uh, PTSD and or other things going on with him. Right. So... Uh, you know, it definitely makes some sense, but it's still, you know, disappointing. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, there was also the mention of, because there was the mention when Gamora and Hercules were talking about, you know, the, the new status of uh, Hercules' people. Right. But right. right. That right, right. would seem like a throwaway line, but I feel like it's something that they, they're with the whole Hercules and Prince of Power, I suspect might be a little bit more joined together than we than we know of. Right, and it's cool to see that being teased. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right, next up, um, I still have a couple more, and then I think we have one more in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Giant Size, X-Men, Phantom X, number one. This is Phantom X's big return. Um, I'm going to presume that he was resurrected, because the last time I remember seeing Phantom X is uh, when Phantom X gave up his body for Professor X. Um... Honestly, you know, that doesn't that doesn't mean that they both weren't resurrected at Krakoa. So, you know, we'll see. Um, we get some backstory on Phantom X's um, uh, history with the world and with the Weapon Plus project. Um, it's pretty wild. Uh, we also get a setup for Storm story in the next giant size book. And this is something that has been uh, moving through the giant size um, uh or at least subtly doing it's it's a story that's subtly been moving through some of the giant size X-Men books. Um, I think that is yeah, I think that is potentially like the through line of that whole giant size thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Although I don't remember it being in the Nightcrawler. It wasn't actually. That was that's like the only place it hasn't so far shown itself. Or that right. we know of, unless something ends up coming back to it. But right, it really wasn't in the Magneto one either. Mm. So that's 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 why I say I you know it's it's some of the it's in some of the stories. Right, it's definitely in the Jean Grey and Emma Frost. Book. Right. Uh, so uh, next up is Ragnarok number six. This is uh, Uncle Walt Simonson over at IDW telling his own Thor story. Uh, in this story, Thor returns to Asgard. Uh, no, it's Ragnarok, the breaking of Helheim, number six. I apologize. Um, 
So you know, this is the uh, the subsequent series, not not the uh, the first Ragnarok series. So um, Thor returns to Asgard to give his family and their fellow gods a proper funeral pyre, but an agent of Surtur interferes. This is the last issue of the current volume. More volumes are to come, as per Walt Simonson on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Finally, for me this week, um, Star Wars number five. I will let Roddy Cat talk about what happens in the story, but I will touch upon the funny part of the story that made me laugh out loud, that literally just had me cackling for a little while. And I actually tweeted something at Charles Soule, the writer, um, uh, earlier just before the show because I, I didn't have a chance to do it when I was reading it last night. Um, uh, it's a reference to, you know, basically, I just wanted to say, guess who actually likes sand? Um, it's a great subtle joke and reference snuck in there by Charles Soule. And you can talk about the uh, what actually happens in the yeah, so basically, this is um um so the whole this whole arc has been obviously as uh just like we said last week with Darth Vader, this this uh, the events of this volume comes after Empire Strikes Back, which means that Luke now knows that um Darth Vader is the father. He still kind of sort of doesn't believe it, but he kind of but you can see the hint that he kind of feels it. So uh, they go back to Cloud City previously to find his lightsaber and do something for Lando uh, leading up to this. And, but that all got situated last uh, um, last issue. And I know uh, Agent 70 hasn't read the, the last couple of issues. Uh, but this is definitely still worth reading. In this issue, he gets... Uh, but during part of that, he gets a vision from about... Um, he sees a vision not of not only his lightsaber, but he's um, a vision of this lady in a in a robe looking kind of reminiscent of Jedi robes, let's just say. Uh, and he goes off to find this lady because she might either know uh, the whereabouts of his lightsaber and or how to trim the force. So she finds this lady. They, they go on a merry chase, a boat chase at that, which I don't think we've ever seen in a, um, in, in a Star Wars property. Uh, but it's just like a speeder, as, as Luke says. So, but he catches up with her, uh, but she's got traps laid out. So she gets trapped, and you get the sense that this lady, while she's saying she's not a Jedi, she's definitely force sensitive. I believe she was a Padawan, and I suspect that's going to come out in, uh, next issue. Um, and she does definitely don't knows the ways of the force, even though she's like look you don't know anything about what you're talking about and you're trying to you don't know anything you're trying to be a jedi but she also hits luke to order 66 and the jedi purge while she has him trapped uh but she also finds senses that uh luke is vader's uh luke is vader's son and just like oh the other got us you gotta go so she springs her trap again and that's where we get to at the uh springs another part of her tra- the tra- same trap that she's in that Luke's in, and you know we see something happen. Well, we see Luke. You know, we don't see Luke actually at the end of this issue, but we know I, we have a pretty good idea that he's going to be around next issue. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it that way. So I was going to mention, um, it's kind of cool to see. Um, uh, a sneak peek of the Inquisitors. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. She also tells Luke about the, the Inquisitors, of which he did not know, and the fact that uh, Vader runs the Inquisitors. 
And that's right. when that's when the lady finds out that that Vader's uh, the Vader's is Peppy. Exactly. So it's it's a it's a pretty cool. I mean, the timing of it uh, is a little weird if you if you uh, follow Rebels. I kind of thought about that too, but at the same time, I think that is probably why they're folding because you know the the because since Rebels, they have been putting them back in like the books. So in the mm-hmm. the, the original, matter of fact, it was Charles Soul, um, uh, um, Darth Vader book. Uh, that's when the Inquisitor came up in and, and was used in comic book form. And since then, they've been, you know, folded them more into the canon. Gotcha. I mean, at the end, like I said, at the end of the day, uh, it just made me pause just to think about the timing of it. Yeah, I get that. Um, obviously, given the given that this is after Empire, this is well after the events of Rebels. So, um Actually, no, not not Mm-mm. well after all of the events of yeah. Rebels. So, you know, it's kind of hard to place where the Inquisitors are. You know, we definitely see the head Inquisitor uh, front and center in this image. And we know that he definitely does not make it through all of Rebels. <laughs> yeah. So, Especially in that current form, right, in that form, because we do, he does come back later on, but still not even as right. an actual... Well, he, comes back as, I was about to say, he comes back as a Force ghost. Right. So... Um, because of who he was and how he ended up mm-hmm. and so. what he ended up, you know, some little bit more of his backstory coming out when, when that mm-hmm. part happened, but if you haven't actually, seen rebels, you should, it's really good anyway. Actually. All right. So yeah, so that is it for me. All right, cool. And we go on to my books, uh, strike force number nine, last issue of this book. Um, and so this pretty much wraps up, uh, their whole mission in a sense, because so this whole strike force thing started at pretty much as a tie into war of the realms. Um, they were essentially trying to find these elves a home. Well, first they were, they were trying to find this, this particular elf because of these spores and whatnot, but they found the elf and now they're trying to find him a home and they ended up on monster Island where apparently Deadpool is the King. I don't know how, when or how that happened. Don't really care. Uh, but they were, they spent the last couple of issues trying to secure uh, a place there for this prince and his quote unquote people, uh, which they do in this one. And there's a big steel cage match uh, that the team gets involved in because of uh, Spider-Woman Jessica Drew's uh, plan, you know, which no none of them know that much, knew that much about because there was like, you know, the whole thing is like, hey, you got to trust me on this. And I got to, I got a plan. So you got to trust me. So they do to a point and that all works out. And then they end up going to the adventures and tell them all what's going on. And that was, was the funny part um, because the last couple of pages was like, Oh yeah. Well y'all felt like, you know, we trusted y'all when you, when the, we trusted blade, when, you know, you said, just trust us. Don't, don't get involved, whatever. And you do your thing. Like, Yeah. Uh, and they were trying to set it up to where Strike Force could come back as like, yeah, you could be the team that um, that uh, do, does the things that we Avengers can't because of you know the the skunk works again, not necessarily skunk works, but you know the stuff that we officially can't do. Uh, so how about it? And all of them were like, no. And then it just mm-hmm. kind of just ride off. Um, but then at the end, you see a, a little moment between uh, apparently Blade and Angela ride off, and it's like, yeah, but I still want to know, you know, I still want to keep in contact with these people. 
not because they're teammates, but because they're friends, and that's how the book ends. So who's to say something could very much come back up? We know one of the, the, the team members was Wiccan, which who's, you know, we know his part in as a part of Empire. And everybody else has got to kind of got their own things going on because because even at the that last page of the book or at the end of the book, there's like, yeah, well, here's, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier book that's coming and here's Spider-Woman. She's got her uh, book going on and, you know, Wiccan is in the uh, Empire and I don't even know if they, they had anything for Blade and Angela, but, you know, uh, regardless, that kind of stuff went on. So that was all right. You know, we knew this was coming. We talked about it last week and um, mm-hmm. it, we knew this we kind of felt that this book was on limited time unless they were going to try to, you know, uh, push it into something else, which apparently they didn't. So that's that Avengers of the wasteland. Number four, this is the next to the last, uh, um, issue of this book. Um, and it looks like doom's finally done. What the heroes of the world could never do. Got rid of Hydra. It seems, uh, and this mind you, t- this takes place in the the world of Old Man Logan. If you are familiar with that, um, which means all the heroes are dead, with the exception of a, a few scattered ones here and there. And there's some, some folks come up here and there. No Logan shows up. No Hawkeye shows up. That kind of thing. But regardless, uh, and this is like Danny Cage, uh, uh, who is a, has um, the mantle of Thor and a bunch of other folks. Um, uh, a few of other folks. So they ended up going to Osborne City, as I say in my notes, <laughs> where the villains are green and the, well, excuse me, where the goblins are green and the villains are plenty. Um, and, and Modoc's there. But uh, they get into a fight because it was a whole trap that the Ant-Man here knew about. And after the fight was over, he explained themselves. And then they were like, well, we're just going to go on from here because yeah, he knew what he did wrong. He was trying to, he did what he did because he was trying to save people and we push on from here. So that goes into the next issue. Uh, let's see. We talked about all of that. Far sector. Number seven. Apparently this is a bi-monthly book. Now I thought this was, I think this was originally a, um, this was originally a mini series, but it, from what it sounds like from looking at the, looking at the, um, the flavor text of this book. This is now a bi-monthly series, which is cool because it's actually not a bad book. I, I enjoy it. Um, and the short strokes are Lantern Moline jacks into the world, this world's version of Cyberspace to chase some villains. So, of course, there's some references to the Matrix and other properties of that because, uh, you know, because of the, the story and, and what's going on. Like I said, you should... Re- I. This is a definitely a slightly different um, Green Lantern book, and that is why it's good. I think like she's off into some unknown part of the region. She was given a ring that only uh, that runs differently from the other Green Lantern rings, and it also has a time time span because I think they were was as a matter of fact some of that was some of the backstory was explained. If not this issue, then the last issue that uh, I think it was last issue actually. You know the the uh, the differences of her ring and the other Green Lantern's ring, but also can tap into some pretty decent power, but just not as much as you know the the regular Green Lantern plane by the way it operates. So you should check it out, though. Anyway, uh, Justice League number fifty. 
this is the end of this arc, and I'm just going to say, uh, I don't know if Age of Seven was planning on reading this, but I read uh, it. I just didn't. I just didn't feel like I wanted to write notes on it. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, and with this, Wonder Woman taught the team a valuable lesson and helped save the day. Much to many moody, disturbed man babies, man baby fans' uh, uh, issues. That's so funny. That's so funny. I guess it's 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 silly be, to to me. It's silly for them to to even have an issue, but obviously they're silly to begin with. Um, uh, I got a kick in this issue out of uh, the way Batman was like, "Oh, I, I already designed the uh, the palace uh, self defense mechanism to uh, protect me and to protect every you know to protect us." So right. you know, y'all need to back them back the f up so right to which we know what was going that. right we know what was going on with that but the team didn't and that all was strange but diana was pretty much was the one who did something about it you know that everybody right. else was with, still kind with of a magical doohickey i love that it's always a map <laughs> yeah you know of course hey that magic lasso has, comes through in the clutch Listen, all the time they have a magic lasso a power ring come on you know i, I mean you know that's you know but yeah, but ultimately, like I, I think this um this arc was all right. Like yeah, some some people talk about the politicalness of it, but you know, hey. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I think taken as a whole, I think it's a solid story. Yes. I think as it was as we were reading it, it was a little tough to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this reads far better as a collected edition. Like hey, guess what the 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 um the Justice League are fallible. Like they can make mistakes. Well, it exactly. Changes. You know, it's 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 a it's a shame that anyone reading this does not already know that. You know, right. if that person doesn't already know that, it's right? A shame. Cause it would, yeah, because it would be boring. It's like, oh yeah, they just they they beat people up, and that's all, and everything everything's right and wrong, and they're always right about how they do things. Yeah, I was about to say they're not exactly the uh, the. Uh, I don't want to. I, I don't want to insult them by calling them not the brightest in the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, no! They're a solid team. Like they you know, do what they do quite well, but also they don't do everything. Batman, I would argue it's it's Batman, Wonder Woman, and a bunch of meatheads. But uh, wow, you know. But Superman is like you know. It, it depends on who's on on how they're portraying Superman. Yeah, exactly. So that that but that's that. Um, and last but not least for me, you were waiting for it, folks, and here it comes. I was about to say all hate mail can be directed to at age underscore seventy on Twitter. You can send something uh, to me. I don't really care. Yeah. We, we will fight about it. Um, you'll lose, but we can fight about it. Anyway, Transformers, My Little Pony, number one. Uh, and as my my notes say, the improbable crossover no one asked for that absolutely had to happen especially since there are crossover figures to synergize with um it's now here so it comes included with a self dig on um crossover stories right at the top which was kind of amusing uh but the, the premise of it is uh queen chrysalis of his crest if you i i am not up on my my little pony lore so i that part about it i don't know about it, but before I even say that, I do love how they do the roll call of, of this uh, at the beginning of this. So they're like, you know, how a lot of books nowadays are like, here are the characters and, you know, little, little blurbs about them on the first page before they get into the story. In this one, they have like two pages, like one page is for the ponies. And it says Queen Chrysalis or, you know, Queen or Butterfree or whoever, the, you know, whoever the, the ponies are involved. And they just, you know, give a one line about this. For the Transformers, they say Optimus Prime, leader of the uh, leader of the uh, Autobots, uh, Bumblebee, Autobot, 
<laughs> Grimlock, Autobot. RT, Autobot. Decepticon. Decepticon. That's just it. I was like, no. Like, if y'all don't know who these people are, <laughs> then I don't know what to tell you at this point. Um, but anyway, get into it. So apparently, the I, I'm assuming the the uh, antagonist of the Pony series, uh, Queen Chrysalis, basically does a spell with her cronies that says that says, "Hey, bring forth other changelings." So I guess her group is called the Changelings, but even though they're ponies, um, again, I don't know anything about my little pony world. Please don't don't write me or at me. I don't I don't care that much. Um, um, she does a spell to weaken the boundaries of between worlds and calls forth other changelings from other worlds. And guess who answers the call for that? Yes, a bunch of Transformers on the Decepticons and the uh, the Autobot side. So there, so a bunch of um, uh, a bunch of Cybertronians get transported to Equestria. They meet up in various ways. There's this one little scene where where Bumblebee and, and Prime are falling. You know, as as uh, as they're coming in, and they sort of like, well, hold hold my hand, and I'll try to to um, Prime's like, you know, hold my hand, so I'll try to take the brunt of the fall, so you might be able to leave. And then one of the ponies just happened to come on, come along, it's like, oh, this is sweet to see all this friendship and this other. That's other. You must be nice people. So, um, you know, so the pony saved the day, and and actually, it's weirdly. It's, it's, it's amusing because that's it. they meet Megatron meets the queen that, that caused all of this and some of the uh, Autobots and the, you know, obviously the, the, the groups that there meet various people. And then it's cut off into two different stories. So I'm assuming that's how the My Little Pony books goes, I guess that they're like two, two, um, two stories in one issue because the second issue, the second part of the uh, book is when RC meets, uh, well, RC rolls up on Starscream, who's like, hey, I'm in Emperor Starscream, I'm gonna take over this place, and then RC comes and kicks his butt, uh, and she meets one of the ponies, and they start talking and having a friendship, and then the, the, the jets, the, the Decepticon jets, uh, attack again, and of course, there's a team up between RC and this one other little pony whose name that I, um, that I can't, that escapes me right about now, but they become fast friends at the end of that the story, and it's cute. Okay, and, and of course it's to be continued because it's how these things go. So I'm not going to sit here and say whether I'm going to actually read uh, the the next few issues or not. <laughs> I I might just find it just out of, just to see where it goes because I'm stupid like that for these cr- uh, crossovers. But everything Transformers. I mean, there is that. There's definitely that. Uh, but I had I kind I kind of feel like I have to see where this goes. <laughs> I don't expect a whole lot out of it because it is a you know one agenda up crossover that you know out of the many agenda up crossovers that has happened in the last few years. But this was just amusing to me. And that, folks, is it for me. So now we can go to uh, clicks of the week. All right, clicks of the week. It, appear, it appears Uh-oh. we already have two. We do. And actually, I'll put uh, Dirt's in yours. So let me change that real quick. Boop. There we go. Uh, and Dirt has one which did not even come out this week. And I'm fairly certain has been out for a minute. Um, although we don't have complete confirmation of that in Ant-Man number four. Right. So. It appears he's going backwards because our discussion or he's trying to catch up on stuff that he wasn't able to read because uh, our offline discussion today and last night was about a book from two weeks ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I had to look. I, 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 I had to look up. I had to look it up in our archives, not in our active, you know, not in, in our active list of books that we're that we're looking at. So right, and because of COVID, like books have not been no, coming out. Weeks, I was about to say, not two weeks ago, three weeks. No, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three because weeks of ago. COVID, you know, things have, so things have gotten kind of out of way. So some books we have gotten copies of certain books that are not actually out yet because of the review copies were already set. So sometimes some things are a blur. Um, but, and also though, uh, Tim who says, well, I guess at this point shouldn't be a surprise empire number four, because that's what he read this week. Nice. Listen, it's good stuff. It is. Yeah. Not, not not denying that, but you know, this is that. Uh, so do you have yours or I am thinking Mm -hmm. I read a lot of books this week, as you can tell as, as as you did as well. Mm -hmm. So I am considering what I really like this week. And yeah, there's definitely definitely got candidates. Exactly. I was going to say that I've got some candidates. I really, I really enjoyed, um, guardians. Mm. I really enjoyed FF. Uh, I really enjoyed, I mean, Obviously, having not read the last like two issues of Star Wars, I didn't completely appreciate everything that was happening. But that joke, uh, the sand joke that Soul put in there, was worth it just to flip past it and realize what he was referring to. Right. As um, I, yeah. As I said, as I said before, we even uh, started recording. It was like, yeah, I wasn't expecting to see that one that soon. But at the same time, like we've seen it in other properties before. Like they they made the same a similar joke in Rebels, you know, with with one right. of the characters, and you know, probably I'm sure season seven's probably got a joke of Clone Wars. Probably has a a sand joke. We definitely know there's been some in um in Clone Wars, so or been one right. in Clone Wars. Um, I enjoyed Doctor Strange up until the disappointing news at the end. Yeah. Well, that and uh, the, uh, the the revelation of the motivations, but yes. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they, 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 they kind of brush over, they, they kind of gloss over it by saying that she's nuts. Yeah, um, they're, 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 yeah. You know? Uh, and, of course, Black Cat, which I always enjoy. Yeah, that's it's what I'm kind of leaning well towards. It's always well written. Mm. And you know what sucks is that... Uh, J. Scott Campbell tweeted out, was it last week or maybe it was this week? I can't remember. Obviously, time is 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 a very warped um, uh, is a very warped uh, concept for, for for a lot of people nowadays. Uh, J. Scott Campbell tweeted out that uh, the cover to issue number twelve, which he had done back in January, um, it's now August. Um, it was the last book that he uh, that he was doing for Black Cat. So if he's coming back uh, on the book, it won't be until after it comes uh, until after the book comes back. So um, yeah, this one's tough. This one's tough. Are you leaning towards anything? I'm leaning towards Black Cat for certain. Between that FF and weirdly enough, Transformers My Little Pony, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely including the first two of those with Empire number four folded in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I definitely appreciate, I appreciated what Slot was writing in FF22. It just, mm-hmm. it just came together really, really well. Right. Yeah. So it's, 
you know, it, it, it's definitely to be, it's definitely appreciated. Yeah. Hmm. You know what? Here's what I'm going to do. Unprecedented, even though we've done this a couple of times in the past. I'm going to do a dual, uh, a, a dual shout out. Nice. Um, and I'm, because that way that we won't belabor this for too much longer. Uh, <laughs> Black Hat number 12, definitely. For certain. Because right. that was a good issue. But also, um, Transformers My Little Pony. Folding it in, so now we know who the target demographic is. Well, that damn sure ain't or me, at least but... someone who's a member of it. Hey, only for the whatever. Nah, the Transformers <laughs> part—that's the point. I know, but I'm saying yeah, even that. I feel like I've stayed it's away. It's like a Venn I've, diagram, right? I it's Transformers like a... and Hello, and, and and not Hello Kitty. I mean, is it well? Uh, my little. Pony. It's all. It's all Hasbro, if you think about it. But yeah, right. And it's the Venn diagram, and like if you're willing to tolerate, you know, the crossover, and you're in the middle, that's the target demographic. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. That's that was kind of the thing. Because like, I feel like there's been crossovers that I was like, no, I'm not even. I you, despite the fact that there was a Transformers connection, connection that I, I, um, I, I didn't do. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I can't think of it right now. Either way, this is the, here's where we are, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I guess I'll, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with um, Black Cat number twelve on its own, but Empire number four is definitely close because of all the good stuff that happened. You know all the, you know we we can't fault Empire right now. We cannot fault Empire for not having uh, consequential things happening in each issue of the main miniseries. It always there's always something going on. So there's yeah. always something moving the plot forward. So you can't accuse it of being slow moving. It's definitely moving at a pretty uh, prompt pace. Obviously, this is influenced heavily by the fact that we're getting these one week after another. Yeah, and I feel like it would be uh, um, a disservice to do that. It's like, oh, the whale has got to do something. Well, what? I know there's been a problem with people in the events and stuff. Like, well, this event didn't do that because all it was it was you know just talk them talking. Like that doesn't mean nothing happened. It's just that, like yeah, just, it brought out some stuff. We have read issues like specifically remember read issues of Just League where the majority of it was just exposition, but it was good exposition. Right, 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 right. Because because they're discussing, they're they're trying to figure out their next move. Right. And in a sense, we don't really get that much action in this one, we, right. but we get a lot of revelations in this one. Exactly. So things are moving along. Right. So the fact that and or and to the point of like, well, it has to get to a point real soon. Like that's like okay, that's just dismissing the journey because like you know, for in favor of getting to the end of it. Like this, there's no, there hasn't so far been a part of this that this empire. I mean, that this uh, event's like okay, this needs to end. And we believe me, we were, <laughs> we haven't let We've our opinions like known. That. Yes. You've uh, had okay. events like that. I would say that uh, next week, I was just taking a peek at next week's uh, 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 solicited books on over at Comic List. Um, Empire number five is already out next week, as mm-hmm. well as Empire Avengers number two, Empire Captain America number two, Empire X-Men number three. And uh, I'm looking for anything else Empire, but that looks like it. But, you know, you get that main issue of the... Um, uh, that issue that that's the issue of the main series out that'll move things along quickly. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like I just have to say, because this book is coming out as, as, as rapidly as it has, whether it had been COVID or COVID related or not, because like I said, I think the last couple of times the, there's been Avengers events, they've been weekly also. So there's no telling whether COVID actually had more to do with it than that's the way they were going to do it anyway. With the exception of yeah. a, couple, a couple of the books that are out of, you know, they have, have shipped out of order. That's definitely COVID related. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm willing to bet they were probably, I don't think they were coming out on um, the Hawks Fox pace. Because right. remember, that was actually coming out, you know. But it's similar. Fire. Yeah. Right. It's definitely similar. I don't think it would have come out every week, but it definitely would have been coming out probably to finish up before the summer. Right. Probably because it was supposed to come out right when we went into quarantine. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you were thinking about it chrono lot, God, just, it sucks to think about it this way. Uh, you know, if this had come out in March as, as it was intended to, this would have been over months ago. Probably. Mm-hmm. This probably would have been over in May. Or just, or at the very least, just, especially if they've continued on their original uh, pace with the right. other stuff that they had going on with it. Uh, yeah, it probably either would have just been ending or would have been ended by now. Right. So it, that's one thing to keep in mind. So, you know, that's... Uh, it's one, you know, small uh, silver lining of all this COVID mess is that we are getting these books coming because they were done already. Essentially. Right. You know, they're just coming out at a rapid pace. So. Right. All right. So that is those are our clicks of the week. Yep. Ad read, please, sir. Our first ad read of the night is for Wink. Let's get crunk. Wink, your personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to, te- to cabernet to torrente, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it. Today. Now, get into the news. And I would like to let it be known right here, right now, and I shouldn't have to say this, but I will anyway, because I feel like I feel a, at the very least one or two jokes coming up about this. No, I am not a brony. There is nothing wrong with being a brony, but I am not. <laughs> I feel like, because for some reason, I was like, I feel like, like, especially like Matt. <laughs> I feel like this this would be something you would you would totally not let go of. Shout out, to shout out to Matt, Matt Wayne ninety seven. Yes, but anyway, we get into the news is cinematic uh, as we tend to do every week about this time. First off, which uh, darn it, hold on, what just happened here? Oh, I didn't do this last one. I didn't do this first one. So I would have almost skipped one. Stargirl character art breaks down Dragon King's costume details. So uh, apparently Stargirl has featured a, a wide array of heroes and villains 
who composed the Justice League Society and Injustice Society of America, respectively. However, the most terrifying of them is Dr. Shiro Ito, Ito excuse me, better known as the Dragon King. Uh, concept artist Luca Nimolato has posted his images for the Dragon King to Instagram. Uh, the image showcases Ito's costume in detail, down to the bloodstained apron he wears and his signature dragon emblazoned mask and cape. He basically kind of looked like Cobra Cam- Commander with a dragon ca- mask on. And, okay. and, uh, and an apron. And bloody... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Because um, I'm looking at the top page and not... I mean, top of the top image and not the one from the Instagram page, of which, if you're watching the, the uh, video, you can see the Instagram post here. Corporal Commander wishes he looked like that, actually. Anyway, next up. Okay. Uh, here's a guide to watching DC movies in order, release date, and chronologically. With DC Fandom, that's their... Uh, kind of solo online Comic-Con mm-hmm. on the horizon, you're probably thinking about starting a DC rewatch. Um, hold on. I'm thinking about the proper uh, sound effect I want on this one. And, and uh, you know, I'm not really sure. I mean... So... <laughs> I mean, that's where I stand. That's sure. my own personal view on this. Um, you know, unlike the Marvel Cinematic Universe, being able to watch all the DC movies in order is a slightly trickier proposition, be it either in-universe, chronological order, or release order. So um, this is a Games Radar slash Newsarama article. And uh, if you head over to it from our link... You can see um, a listing of the chronological and um, uh, the, the story chronological order for these uh, uh, DCEU movies. And there's actually a bit in here about how does the Snyder Cut affect this? We don't know. Um, and we don't care. Right. <laughs> so have fun with that if you are willing to subject yourself to a rewatch of that. Indeed. And if you're watching the, the video, you just noticed what I just did on that one. So there you go. You don't necessarily have to go to that page for that. You can just. Anyway, next up Ryan Reynolds re edits Green Lantern to include the Justice League. Um, So this is apparently Ryan Reynolds, who was in Hobbs Shaw. I did not notice because I have not seen it. <laughs> was in Hobbs and Shaw. And uh, he's basically saying here. Uh, that well, he basically posted on Twitter that he um, like says, uh, "Here's the secret Reynolds cut of the Green Lantern that you all haven't been waiting for. In order to make it as great as possible, we uh, made some judicious cuts." And apparently, according to this article, uh, the attached video shows footage of Reynolds' "quote unquote" death scene from Deadpool, a wildly cut down version of t- uh, 2011's Green Lantern, uh, a quick glimpse of Tom Cruise in Top Gun. And finally, Reynolds, Hal Jordan inserted into the end of 2017's Justice League. So, haha. Haha. But he also says here, he's like, uh, I guess in, going into this, he's like, I'm not playing Hawkman and Black Adam, which The Rock is playing Black, uh, Black Adam. That's what brought that whole Hopkins Shaw part up. Um, but although I do generally do whatever the hell The Rock tells me to do, yeah. So, 
I guess saying that, hey, if you, if you wanted them to play Hawkman, then yeah, sure. Um, and apparently they both also have another Netflix action movie together called Red Notice that's coming up. Uh, Are- Reynolds and, and The Rock. So, yeah. Next up. I was about to say shout out to at Matt Wang 97 who is watching. Oh, yeah. And your fear of uh, possible brony um, jokes may well come true. <laughs> uh, he says uh, he tweeted out a saying that uh, he thinks the proper sound effect for the DC Universe movie watching order should be more dramatic. I mean, that's pretty dramatic. You know, yeah, it's, that's pretty it's, much it's, it's Darth Vader finding out that Padme died. But, you know, I'll come up with something else, man. Here, I got one for you. Hey, boo! Yeah, boo! Because <laughs> I know he has it that on the It could just be, you know. Ooh, I'm dying! That also works. Yeah, that works too. So, But uh, anyway, we will move on to our next story. The Suicide Squad stars Idris Elba and John Cena may have just revealed which DC characters they're playing. So um, we're waiting for this uh for, for the teasers to come out for this movie. Thanks to James Gunn, though, we may have hints at who some of the big-name actors attached to the project are playing. To celebrate James Gunn's birthday, the cast all posted a video of themselves wishing him all the best. First up was Margot Robbie, who made an appearance as her car- character Harley Quinn. Um, David Dasmalkian, best known for his role in Ant-Man, the Baba Yaga. Uh, appeared in the video with colorful dots on his face, which seemingly confirms that he will be playing Batman villain, the Polka Dot Man, as has long been rumored. Um, Let's see. So as I scroll down through this, uh, uh, let's see. So then we get uh, John Cena, who wields two arcade guns in honor of your uh, natal day. He says, I'm going through magazines double-fisted. On Operation Thunderbolt, so uh, this is as close as you can get to confirmation that he's playing Peacemaker, who wields two guns in the comics. Idris Elba also appears, but in a slow motion and with a very deep uh, down turn voice, which sounds very much like a growl. Fans have long suspected he will play Bronze Tiger, which this seemingly proves. So that's uh, it's cool. If this you know, I know uh, Atman Wang ninety seven is a big fan of uh, the Suicide Squad in general, and I have a feeling that uh, James Gunn's take may prove to be better received than the previous iteration. Wait, didn't he do the first one? No. Okay, I don't. Remember. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. All that other hubbub, 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 yeah, that's like the air cut or, or something like that, and. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Remember, I don't remember who put who put that together, but I know that Gun Gun took on the sequel after he was let go from Guardians for a little right. while. After right. Marvel let him go for a little while. Right, that's what I'm saying. The hell remember all that? Yeah, that, yeah, that's the yeah. Jeez. Uh, next up, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League and Mortal Kombat are part of DC Fandom teaser trailer. Oh. Um, so yeah, all eyes in the DC community are turned to DC fandom. And by the way, the teaser trailer is, um, is about, uh, I think I watched it. Matter of fact, I know I did. I watched it before the, 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 this, before we started taping or recording. Um, it's a trailer. Uh, let's see. The, the dome will be a 24 hour free fan event. As, as people know about it, cause we've talked about it before. And, They'll get fans psyched up. This new DC fandom trailer just landed with John Williams's uh, iconic Superman theme. I had to sound down, so I did not hear that part. 
song to help get the blood pumping. Uh, and this article which pretty much goes through all of the things that is in the teaser trailer, which if you want to see that for yourself, you go right on ahead, including the aforementioned Justice League, uh, Snyder Cut, I guess, and Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! Which okay. is weird. To, it's, it's, it's a Warner Brothers property, and, the, and by factor, you know, a, a, a DC proctor, property by, you know, <laughs> by proxy. But right. that's, that's still weird. <laughs> it is. It is. Agreed. 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 So agreed. All right. right next up. Next up, uh, Tony Revolori is going to return as Flash Thompson for Spider-Man Three. Deadline has confirmed that Grand Budapest star, Budapest star, as uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow are fond of pronouncing it. Uh, Star Tony Revolori will return for Marvel's Spider-Man 3. It's not exactly groundbreaking news, but it's always nice to confirm such details. Sure. Moving right along. Um, Good news, everyone. Captain Marvel 2 will be directed by Candyman's Nia DaCosta, as we found out yesterday. Um, So, yes, Marvel says here... Well, basically, Deadline reports that Nia DaCosta, who helmed the soon-to-be-released Candyman sequel, which is not out yet, as this, uh, uh, if you did not catch that part, uh, will direct the superhero sequel starring Brie Larson. She takes over for Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, who helmed the first film, apparently... <laughs> uh, who helmed the first parent... Uh, apparently, meetings have been happening over the past few months. Um... IO9 has reached out to Disney for comment and we'll update this post if and we hear back from uh, because the studio didn't offer a comment to Deadline. So, that's good. Like, yeah, Nina DaCosta is not a well-known. She's pretty much been making rounds because of uh, of, of Candyman and, and her uh, the previous works that she's done that got her noted, right. I guess. Exactly. She got noticed by, 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 by making a critically acclaimed movie and then that's when Jordan Peele apparently tapped her for the Candyman remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, talk about... My, 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 my thoughts on this were pretty simple. The first thing is, well, you know, Marvel is always looking for that up-and-coming talent, you know, uh, which is good. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is... Um, I thought of you actually when I saw her name because um, uh, if she had a brother named Bobby, they could have cast him in New Mutants, and you would have been happy. I would have been happier, uh, yes, if, if if it worked out that way. Probably, I don't know. I have not, I have not seen her. If she does have a brother, I haven't seen him, so I don't know. There there still could be some problems, but yes, right. But she's distinctly. But I was about to say, unless unless the brother's very different looking, I think you would have been happier. Yeah. And that would have been funny too. It was like, yeah, sure. If we get someone actually named Tecosta to play Bobby, that would, <laughs> that would have been pretty good. But yeah, so this is good news for, for, you know, Marvel and, 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 uh, for Nia DaCosta definitely. And, um, I'm weirdly looking, I'm having recently watched, rewatched uh, Candyman. I'm kind of curious about seeing the, this reboot or whatever it is uh, it is but i'm not probably going to seek it out anytime soon when it actually does come out but this is cool understood next up. all right next up agents of shield has introduced a new timeline in the mcu um ever since uh, agents of shield decided not to address uh thanos arriving on earth and wiping out half the universe um you know we uh we, we've been trying to figure out why Coulson and the gang were not turned to dust. 
Now we seemingly have an answer. During the episode Brand New Day, it becomes clear that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. plays by the same time travel logic presented in Avengers Endgame. In short, when things change in the past, it doesn't mean the future will change, but instead, an alternate timeline gets created. That's why when Cap and the gang steal the Infinity Stones from the past, their future is not altered. Um, And I guess that's it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, um, but yeah, they mentioned the fact that hey, Cap came back to the you know with using with well, they came with the supposed reason how Cap ended up coming back you know in at the end of our end game that we didn't necessarily get to see except for the fact that we saw him come back, we just didn't know how, right? But I guess they they mentioned that in the story, so yeah, I guess that could be the case, and that so now the Agents of Shield is on its own timeline. Much like, at least, or at least has established something new for now. Right. You know, we'll see how they wrap it up in the two hour. I read that it's a two hour uh, finale next week. Right. Yeah. Basically, sounds like everything that is historically that has happened in the universe is still still there. It's just that there's a little bend to the timeline. Probably Mm -hmm. not. Well, I guess like and kind of unlike uh, the Star Trek, the recent Star Trek reboots. So yeah, there's a and also the the episode was called Brand New Day. So that's you know that <laughs> fans of Spider Man kind of will shake in fear off of that one. Um, next up, uh, speaking of more Agents of Shield news, Nathaniel's secret weapon borrows from Doctor Strange apparently, and this is the spoilers from uh, I guess a recent episode stolen. Um, and the long story short is that whoever this Nathaniel person is used knowledge of the some time traveling aliens to disrupt the timeline, and I guess they're saying that oh wait, Nestor shows he's able to transfer the power from any human into someone else. Uh, something which helps him build an army of superpower individuals. But before he can continue his plan, there is something he must secure in his victory. And it borrows a lot from the MCU's Doctor Strange. Um, and it looks like it says is the Zephyr or something. Regardless, there's something. I won't go in. There's no need to go into it because if you've seen it, you've seen it. If you haven't, like me, why get spoiled on it? Next up. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Apologies, I had stepped away from the page. Uh, Daredevil, D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio has something in common with many fans of the canceled Netflix series. He wants to see Charlie Cox keep playing Daredevil slash Matt Murdock. Uh, he states he still believes in Charlie Cox as the Daredevil. Stop. And I think that if uh, Marvel Studios do a Daredevil film or have a Daredevil in one of their films, he only hopes that it's Charlie because he believes him in him as Daredevil, D'Onofrio told comicbook.com. He loved working with that guy, with that guy, not just because he's a great guy, but because he's a fine actor. Charlie was on it every day we were together. They were together on it all the time, which brings us both up a notch. Cool. That's, that's sweet of him. And also, I would imagine, I, and I, I don't, want to say this is self-serving on D'Onofrio's part because he doesn't seem like the type to be like this, but I would imagine if that were to happen, there could be potential that he gets back into the role of Kingman if that should happen. 
potentially. I'm saying it would, but you know, you don't mm. know. Anyway, so that's very nice. Next up, every image we have from the lower decks so far. So this is basically uh, from StarTrek.com, and they have uh, an article with a bunch of uh, images on that Star Trek Star Trek lower decks uh, show. That is, I believe, I can't remember if it started yet or coming. Um, regardless, there's a bunch of images there. You can check them out uh, at your leisure. Next. Okay, uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Uh, fans have been clamoring for the Splinter Cell franchise to make a comeback, and now it has, albeit in an unexpected form. According to Variety, Netflix has ordered a Splinter Cell anime from Derek Kolstad, the writer of the John Wick franchise. The series is produced by Netflix and Ubisoft, or Ubisoft, the studio behind Splinter Cell. And in addition to writing the series, Colstad will serve as an executive producer. The series will be split into two 16-episode seasons. Okay. Hmm. So not surprising that this is this has been having a good bit. Like, you know, Castlevania side, you know, has an anime that's been going pretty well. Right. Um, I think Dragon's Dogma, which is a video game that's supposed to be having. There's a, there's a few different properties that are getting the anime treatment uh, and has been for some time because, I mean, you know, Batman, that whole Batman uh, uh, Shogun thing back in the day was kind of that and a few others regardless so this is just something that's been kind of picking up so not a big surprise that this is there's more of this speaking of Castlevania Castlevania Sara says uh, work on season 4 is underway and it will be amazing uh, one of uh, Netflix's most successful original series is its animated adaptation of the iconic video game franchise Castlevania. The show released its third season this past March, with season four being announced less than a month later. I just finished uh, season three sometime last week. It was actually pretty good. And I do love this character. Uh, while speaking with CBR, voice actor Alexandra uh, Reynosa, who starred as the magical monster hunter Cypher Belnades, uh, for all three seasons, confirmed that production is already under already well underway for the first season. Uh, and also, on a side note, uh, there was a article which, if you're watching the video, you can see also here um, that uh, because of the allegations against him, uh, Warren Ellis, who pretty much produced and wrote and um, the bulk of the series, will not be returning to the series after season four. Mm. So this is uh, so this is the last season that he will be involved with that again, quite more than likely, possibly due to his uh, most his recent allegations. So there's that. Next, righty. Which now that I think about it, we don't have to. We can skip that next one because I just mentioned it because it was yeah, about, uh, yeah. All good for me, man. Uh, Netflix is actively looking for. Its own Star Wars, Harry Potter-esque movie franchise. No big surprise for any uh, media company who sure. wants to, you know, no surprise that any media company wouldn't want to set something like that up. Mm -hmm. uh, Netflix has already produced a wide variety of original films. However, according to Tendo Nagenda, vice president of original films at The Streamer, there's still plenty of room to grow. We're looking at big, broad audience, PG-level adventure films as something that we want to get into, Nagenda told The Hollywood Reporter. Something along the lines of the first Star Wars or Harry Potter 1 and 2. A lot of family live action, fantasy, spectacle movies that we think are big and can play great. A Jumanji type of story. That is the next frontier. 
Did you ever uh, get around to watching that Extraction, that Chris Hemsworth uh, movie? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was all right, actually. Uh, and I know was, people people talk pretty well about that Old Guard movie that is, that is also out. That was good, too. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah, cool. I saw it. It was pretty good. Yeah. I did read I did read part of the comic. You know, I did, I did pick up the first issue. And I know that it, a lot of the story that's covered in it is um, uh, part of well, actually covers most of the first miniseries and part of the second miniseries. Okay, cool. Yeah, I might get around to that. I haven't so. so. Yeah. Cool. Next up. Uh, the Matrix was intended to be a trans story, says Lily Wachowski. Oh, excuse me. Uh, the Matrix is re- regularly lauded as one of the most inventive and influential sci-fi films of all times. It put Lana and Lily, Lily uh, Wachowski on the map as filmmakers and remains so popular today. A fourth film, as we have talked about previously uh, a while ago, a fourth film is currently in the works. But it's actually so much more, according to this article. Uh, at the core, The Matrix is also a story of a person who realizes they're trapped in a place that they can't be themselves, uh, escapes, and is reborn in a new world as their true self. And considering the film was written, written and directed by two trans women, uh, it is no surprise that Lily Wachowski says telling a trans allegory was the intent of the film all along, which actually makes way more sense now, given, yeah, given, given what's being said. Um... I'm glad that it's gotten out there that that was the original intention, she says in a video interview to promote the documentary disclosure. Uh, The world wasn't quite ready. At a corporate level, the corporate world wasn't ready for it at the time. I would argue in some places probably still now for some stupid reason. But uh, so, yes. And then there's a clip of um, a clip from the Netflix documentary series uh, that talks about that. So, yeah, check that out. I have not seen the disclosure, nor, nor have I seen this clip yet. But I'm about to check it out. Next up. All right. Uh, a Green Hornet animated series is in the works from Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is developing a family-friendly Green Hornet animated series with Wild Brain. It's an honor, he says, to escort the legendary Green Hornet and Kato into their very own animated series for the first time in the rich history of these iconic pop culture characters, Smith said in a statement, we'll be telling a tale of two hornets, past and future, that spans generations and draws inspiration from a lifetime spent watching classic cartoons and amazing animation like Batman the Animated Series, Heavy Metal, and Super Friends. I can't believe Wild Brain gave me this job, and I can't thank them enough for the opportunity to extend my childhood a little longer. Uh, for more on this, you can actually listen to Fat Man Beyond uh, this past uh, last week's episode because uh, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard actually discussed this for a little while. Hmm. And you, th- this is a podcast you you yourself uh, check out. That I listen to, yeah, yeah, regularly. Um, all right, so that is enough for the cinematic news. We go over into. I, the... say I added two stories real quick. Oh, did you? Oh, I did not see that. Um, hold on a second. Du, 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 du. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, then that is. Uh, That's okay. what I say. You get a nice one. Cool. Cool. Then before we go into the the comic news, John Wick Five confirmed. Well, I figured like we already that's already been a thing they were talking about. But anyway, John Wick Five confirmed will shoot immediately after Chapter Four. So yes, this is good news, and I feel like we have gotten, like I said, we had gotten some hints that they were going to do 
that they were pretty much doing this, but this is a confirmation, so that's cool. Uh, it says here, Lionsgate has confirmed that there will be a fifth installation of the Keanu Reeves uh, starring uh, John Wick franchise. In fact, it will be filmed back-to-back with John Wick Chapter 4. We're also busy preparing scripts for the next two installments of our John Wick action franchises. Uh, with John Wick 4 slated to hit theaters Memorial Day weekend 2022. Uh, says Lionsgate CEO, Lionsgate CEO John Feltheimer said on an earlier an earnings call, uh, we hope to shoot both John Wick 4 and 5 back-to-back when Keanu becomes available next year. So good news, everyone. Because, yeah, you know he, he's, he's doing... Um, well, we know he's doing Bill and Ted, so that's the other thing he's doing. Um, and I'm not sure what else outside of Cyberpunk. Yeah, Bill and Ted is done. It's actually supposed to release in a couple of weeks. Right, but uh, and I think there was something else. Oh, Matrix, Matrix. Right. Yeah. So. so we'll see when he comes free. Well, hopefully we get more John Wick sooner rather than later. Hello, Mr. Vick. Still haven't seen three yet, but I'm going to rectify that fairly soon. Ah, oh, I mean your 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 list of things that you need to watch is so long. It's, so it's, yes, it's, it's, it's 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 just it's it's amazing. Um, yeah. Next up, we have one last story. One last story in the uh, in the movie and, and in the cinema and uh, TV news. First off, before you get into this, shout out to Tim because I think this this whole thing is older than he is. <laughs> it's a it's an article written by Tim Adams, and I am certain that the concept and the story of Knight Rider is older than he is. <laughs> the popular nineteen eighties crime fighting duo of Michael Knight and Kit are reuniting in uh, Knight Rider feature film which will mark the first time the franchise heads to the big screen mm. according to deadline the new take on night rider will still contain its anti-establishment motifs while also modernizing the franchise for the present day video game writer tj fixman will adapt the screenplay his video game credits include ratchet and clank and resistance fall of man okay Ooh. so we'll see when that that's, comes out that's half good ratchet and clank was a good series i don't know if which one of them he did resistance but apparently, got, um, yeah, yeah, Justin Justin Lin is the one that, uh, the one rebooting this. That's the, oh, that's was announced. The, oh, sorry, it was announced rebooting as a digital series in 2016. Okay, right. But I think Justin Lin has been sidelined from TV because of Fast and Furious. Now, sure, um, you know, he was brought back to all of the Fast and Furious stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, but in terms of Knight Rider, I don't know how that's going to play on screen on on the big screen. If we ever get to the, if we ever get back to seeing things on the big screen, let's be honest. Yeah. But um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I mean, I don't know if you tried to watch the Shelby Mustang uh, reboot of Knight Rider back in the early 2000s. Oh, I totally did. Yeah, and I told you, which I think you said you didn't know that was Val Kilmer as the voice. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I did not watch it. I did not realize that was Val Kilmer as the voice. Mm-hmm. That's funny. So yeah, I did. I did actually try to watch that, and yeah, it. it I just cringed. I cringed. I cringed. I cringed. Yeah, it's it's. Knight Rider. How you can say that about eighteen also, but no, at least eighteen you could probably do something with. But yeah, Knight Rider is such an eighties ass con- concept. Now, they need to bring back Auto Man. That's what they need. To <laughs> um, Bring back Mantis while you at it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Carl Lindsay's got better things to do at this point. But anyway, yeah, I miss Wolf. So wait, miss what? I miss Airwolf. <laughs> I kind of, yeah, 
Yeah, that, that yeah. Hell, if we're gonna go there, let's go to Riptide. But anyway, um, <laughs> I was about to say, uh, before we move on, I, I was about to say, I, I was always, uh, I was always a fan of the line. I forget which character said it. Obviously, it's it, it might have been a friend, it might have been an enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, someone said, if you know, uh, uh, regarding um, Stringfellow Hawk's parents, uh, man, your 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 parents must have had a, had a thing for. Had a thing for uh, eccentric or or or, 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 wa- or strange names. You know, they named their their son Stringfellow and Saint John or Sinjin. Yes, uh, Sinjin, yes. It was spelled Saint Saint James, but it's but they pronounced it Sinjin. I was like, that makes no kind of sense. But we went with it. It was the eighties, folks. Um, yeah. Oh man, remember when they killed um, killed Hawk because he because of whatever happened? I can't remember. Some contract dispute or yeah, something. Yeah, it was, it was something crazy. But it's like, oh, they just like, nope, we're just going to kill you off and put somebody else in the role. Have that was time. awful. Good times. Anyway, we are now going to actually move on to the comic book news. And yes, we can, <laughs> we can wax 80s Lee all day. But we need Sorry. to push on here. No, no, you're good. Oh, yeah. Um, first up, Red Hood joins Batman the Animated Series Universe to hunt Joker in animated, in, excuse me, Adventures Continue number nine preview. So yeah, this is the um, Batman book that uh, Paul Dini, well, Alan Burnett and Paul Dini and, and folks are writing that continues the adventures of Batman the Animated Series in comic book form. And now uh, Red Hood, I guess, is is coming into the fold because everybody else is pretty much there. So cool. And like I said, there's a preview for it if you're so so inclined. Next. Uh, it's been announced that Brian Hitch is going to write and draw Dark Knight's death metal tie-in. Um, Hitch made the announcement about his future projects on Twitter, including a one-shot set in the world of death metal. Hitch said in his tweet, so just to keep life interesting, as well as drawing the last two issues of Batman's Grave, he's writing and drawing a 48-page tie-in to the death metal series. Good fun stuff. No further details about the one-shot were revealed. And I was going to make a joke about Hitch's uh, propensity to to not make deadlines, but I can't make that joke. Uh, and plus, it's a one shot. Mm. So, up you, Hitch. Actually, I don't even know you. So anyway, next up, I was going to say insert Simon and Simon theme here, but that's fine. It wouldn't work. Uh, DC announces Injustice Zero Year Zero Digital First uh, series, which, by the way, came out this week, and I did actually read the first chapter of, but I just didn't talk about it. It was actually all right, though. Um, DC has officially announced the. This is so basically this is the stuff that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks that Tom Taylor has been teasing on his uh, on his Twitter with the um, with the with the cryptic lettering. Uh, so DC has officially announced an all-new digital first series in Justice in Year Zero by Tom Taylor, Roger Antonio, uh, Cian Tormi, Rain Barreto, and Wes Abbott. Serving as a prequel to Injustice Gods Among Us, Year Zero focuses the action around the Justice League and the discovery of how the predecessors covertly fought within uh, World War II to bring down a tyrant. Uh, when the Joker finds a way, it's finds a way to control DC's superheroes he uses a, a leverage to sabotage the Justice League and the JSA from inside so yeah that first issue uh, from what I remember reading is basically it was like um, they were having like an anniversary or they were basically having a get together for the Justice Society for the for the Justice Society and Justice League was also there and surprisingly enough including one Batman and then it goes kind of you know they start talking from there about legacy and stuff like that and 
uh, if I remember correctly in the first issue, Joker breaks out this one dude whose name I have no idea who it is or who this person is out in the world. But this person was promising power. So I assume this is the power that Joker ends up getting. Uh, and I started reading chapter two before we started recording, but I didn't get around to it. So it's all right so far. You know, it is what it is. Next up. Uh, I was about to say you could have rolled this one in there as oh, well. Oh, yeah. In fact, I will. Uh, you can read the first eight pages of the official new Justice League thing. Um, the, the new series. You can read the first eight pages of it right here on this article if you're so inclined. But that's out. You can also get it cause for, for you know, eight nine cents a piece right. uh, uh, on Comixology. Or as a bundle for two fifty, as this thing says. So I said 99, but I saw 89, but that might be because my, I have the that comments on my comments on the discount thing. So there you go. It's out there next. All right. There is an exclusive preview of a new comicsology original series entitled funny Creek. This is uh, Raphael Albuquerque's newest project. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Albuquerque is co-writing the five issue limited series funny Creek with Raphael Scavone, Hit Girl in Rome, oh, of Hit Girl in Rome, while Eduardo Medeiros of Gotham Academy is drawing the book. The creative team also includes colorist Priscilla Tramontano, letterer Bernardo Bryce, and editor Biss Stringer Home. Funny Creek is set in 1985 and revolves around two friends named Lily and Andy who bond over a shared love of the titular Wild West themed TV show. Following a terrible trage- tragedy, Lily becomes trapped within the world of Funny Creek and is forced to battle a villain named Cold Joe. The series aims to explore the loss of childhood innocence and the way in which society has grown increasingly accepting of violence. Okay. I feel like you can make an it reference in in some of that, but I I won't be the one to do it. Mm -hmm. Because it's probably not, may or may not be true. Anyway, cool. Next up. Uh, Giant Size X-Men, kind of already talked about this when, when Agent 70 talked about um, the thing, but Giant Size X-Men, Phantom X, journeys back to his birthplace to help Storm. Like I said, we already kind of talked about that. Next up. One moment as I click back. Uh, Marvel Comics is setting up the X-Men's involvement uh, in the publisher's ongoing summer crossover, Empire, with a new teaser. Uh, that also connects the impending Kotadi or the pending or the current Kotadi invasion of Krakoa. Oh, actually, no, it's actually pending. Uh, invasion of Krakoa with Ten of Swords, Marvel's upcoming line-wide X-Men crossover. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Empire involves Earth being caught in a war. Come on, if you've been listening to us, you know this by now. Um, in uh, July 29th, X-Men number 10, the Kotadi arrived on the blue area of the moon. We talked about that and encountered uh, Vulcan, Gabriel Summers. So let's see here. Let me, I'm going to have to unfortunately open up this article and see what's what. Was he going back to the red and the, the red and the purple? Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Because he's been rocking different colors for the last several years. He had an all-white uniform for quite a while. Mm-hmm. He had the black and the red uniform when he initially started running around with the X-Men. And um, uh, recently, recently he's been rocking the mostly the all-white, but right. now he's started to, I guess, move back to uh, the red and the purple. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, that's cool. You mean like the classic Magneto that's all over my shoulder in Marvel Legends form? Which they can't see at this point, but <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. I forget about. I forget that we have. Uh, which one call it that you have the uh, the news stories up on the screen? Here, there you go. Hi, there you go. Point. Uh, there you go. Over the shoulder. Oh wait. Oh yeah. Next is it your shots. Her shots wrong, but that's why we'll fix that in a second. But let me just push back over to here, and while I fix that, it's all good. It's all good. I don't know why you're trying to keep doing that. It makes no sense. Anyway, we're going to go move on though. Uh, they did see it, so that's good. Cool. Uh, next up, Tom Muller's Dawn of X design work nominated for Brand Award. Um, so Tom Muller's, Muller's design work for Marvel's Dawn of X has been shortlisted for the Brand Impact Awards, the BIAs, uh, a prominent marketing design award organized by Newsarama's sister outlets, Creative Blog, and Computer Arts Magazine. Um, Muller's Dawn of X design work, which includes the overall logo, book title logos, and book design, was shortlisted, aka nominated, in BIA's uh, publishing category. One other project was shortlisted for this category. So, congrats to that for being nominated. Next. Next up, uh, inside the dark turn of the secret villain of Empire, we discussed this Earl already. This is um, the backstory. This is the uh, the crux of the story of Lords of Empire, Celestial Messiah number one. Um, this is the uh, one of the one shots written by uh, uh, Alex Packnadel, hmm. and it's drawn by artist Alex Linz. Um, you know, basically detailing what how how Koi. Uh, started down this road of um, you know creating uh, you know creating a means of uh, revenge upon the Korean scroll uh, on behalf of the Kotari. Mm-hmm. And you also skipped a, a, a thing so I will get to it right now and say that Deadpool invades Krakoa seeking reckoning from the X- X-Men um, and this is an article uh, which is an interview with Kelly Thompson who just, who is discussing uh, her uh, Deadpool six uh, X Men crossover issue, so which is I think is going to come out. Actually, wait, is that this week? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, there you go. Next up, <laughs> next up, you're invited to the spoiler alert, but we did talk about it already. Uh, you're invited to the wedding reception of Wiccan and Hulkling in Empire Avengers Aftermath number one. Marvel has unveiled the secret story behind its previously announced Empire Avengers Aftermath number one one shot and its blacked out cover, revealing that it will tell the story of the wedding of Hulkling and Wiccan revealed in this week's Empire number four. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. Like I said earlier, we'll see that when that happens. Yep. Um, Next up, uh, the Fantastic Four absorbs Galactus' power in New Adam's uh, antithesis, antithesis, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, says, uh, wait, over the years, the Fantastic Four has lost their powers, gained, gained new ones. Now it looks like they're about to get their biggest upgrade yet, according, uh, courtesy of one of their biggest enemies. The synopsis for Fantastic Four antithesis number three says that the four will absorb the power cosmic itself and uh, to to battle their new foes 
new form, excuse me, antithesis. Uh, the power cosmic is a non-limited resource. We, we know what the power cosmic is. We don't have to go through all of that. Uh, we also know who uses it. Uh, but what we don't know, did not know, is that uh, Fantastic Four Antithesis will be written by Mark Wade, illustrated by Neil Adams. Uh, Wade has, well, we know Adams, we know Mark Wade has worked on Fantastic Four. What we don't know is when this is coming out, which is October, because I'm assuming this came out of the uh, solicits, which means I assume the first issue of that is going to come out relatively soon. So, the core to that, I guess. Next. Alrighty, next up, uh, new Alex Ross uh, curated Marvel series is set for a November debut. Artist Paolo Rivera has revealed that Marvel, a uh, Marvel's themed spin-off anthology curated by Alex Ross from Marvel Comics, is apparently back on track with an estimated November debut. That's cool. Yeah. I still really have never read much of the Marvel's stuff. The original Marvels is good. Mm-hmm. Like I like I'm, the original Marvels. I have that signed. I have a hardcover signed by Kurt Busiek and uh, Alex Ross. Right, it's like pretty I, cool. Yeah, like I've done through it for the art and and just kind of get some sense of you know what's going on with it. But I never really messed up with them, so I'm gonna have to do that one of these days because Marvel. Yeah, Limited. I was about to say Marvel Unlimited probably has it, right. It does. Yeah, has some of them. Uh, I think it has definitely the original, but I probably say, has some would, of the right I would, I would be annoyed if it didn't have. Um, at least the original. Like yeah. you got, you got to start with the original and then go from there. Yeah, yeah. Next up, Marvel cancels Ghost Rider. Um, Ooh. Yeah, there's a couple. There's oh, a couple I'll break of out them. the book. There's a couple of them coming. Because actually, it's a book that I think has already come out. So um, yep. Marvel Comics has canceled the ongoing uh, comic series Ghost Rider after issue seven, and I believe issue seven is absolutely out. Already, right. so it's like the last one that's come out. Mm-hmm. As many have assumed, assumed Ghost Rider number seven was the last issue of the series. Recent tweets, tweets. I loved writing it. Had a hell of a time telling Danny and Johnny's stories, and the introduction of the spirit of corruption. Uh, as far as as their continued adventures, that will be continue elsewhere in the Marvel universe. So. Yep. Right, we're still getting we're still getting some Ghost Rider action. At least we get Robbie. Uh, Reyes uh, on the Avengers, but Danny Ketch and uh, Johnny Blaze are going to be, you know, uh, I don't remember how they resolved the King of Hell stuff. I don't think they actually have. Right, so I guess it's still pending. Yeah, because Johnny's still the king, but he came back to Earth, which was was the start of this series, and then, you know, was trying to get people that were were escaping. And there is this whole thing with Miss Fisto still up in the air, so there's a good chance that they'll probably come more than likely come back with that. At least one of them. Right. If not both of them. Right. Uh, speaking of cancellations we already talked about, Marvel Surprise cancels Doctor Strange's title with this week's uh, issues number six. We already talked about that. Sad news. Um, and it's probably just as well given about some of the beats of that story. But anyway, next up. Uh, yeah, so we have a, a story here that isn't necessarily the case anymore. Um, you know, we, we talked about Black Cat uh, essentially ending after number 12, at least going on hiatus now, at least as far as we know from what um, uh, Jed McKay is telling us. Uh, Roddy Cat is, uh, is, is not so sure that this isn't just a cancellation of the book, but we'll see what happens once um, uh, the King and Black story is underway. 
and uh, what they announce for later this year or even early next year. Yes, Ridercat is very much skeptical. Uh, next up, Iron Man 2020 was right, and Tony Stark learned the hard way. Uh, and this is, I guess, a spoiler for issue. Last, yeah, this is last week's issue. Yeah, for Iron Man 2020 number five, which was last week. Uh, and you read it, I did not, and I guess I will end up reading it. So we will say that I don't. I'm not entirely sure what was going on with it. You do, and you probably know what this means. Yep. Yeah, so. we won't spoil the whole thing for you, folks. I actually am pleasantly surprised by the story. Pleasantly yeah, surprised. Yeah. You know, I've said it before, and I want to reiterate that I am pleasantly surprised by the story. I did not want to get on board for this event because I didn't want to read the tie-ins, but the main story has been pretty solid. Hmm. Gotcha. So, all right, so next up, um, Star Wars. Alex Segura teases the challenges of Poe Dameron's freefall. After Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker left audiences with plenty of questions about Poe Dameron's past. Um, the film introduced the idea that Poe had actually been a spice runner at one point in his life. While the film doesn't build much on that idea, uh, the newest Star, Star Wars novel, Poe Dameron Freefall, not Hawkeye Freefall, but Poe Dameron Freefall, takes us into hyperspace to fully understand the character's past. Alex Segura's book delves into the past of one of the main trio of the sequel trilogy. While the films didn't get the chance to spotlight Poe, the novel fills in the cracks left by the films into Poe's character. Okay. Yeah, and they were, as you recall from, from Rise of Skywalker, they were mighty judgy when, when, when that revelation came out during the course of the right, film. Right, right, they were. So, anyway. Um, hey, we got gaming, aka Toy Corner also uh, coming up. And actually, you know what? You take this one. And there's a reason for that. Okay. X-Men Mutant Insurrection, announced by Fantasy Flight Games. Fantasy Flight Games will be releasing their first ever X-Men tabletop game. Last uh, The other night, Fantasy Flight Games, the maker of popular board games like Star Wars Legion, Marvel Champions, and Mansions of Madness, announced X-Men Mutant Insurrection a new one-to-six-player cooperative game built around team-building and dice rolls. Players will complete missions to recruit new mutants, save innocents, and lock up criminals, while building to an intense showdown with some of the X-Men's greatest villains. Each mutant, represented by a standee and a card, has their own dice pool and special ability, and players need to complete certain roles in order to complete their missions. The game contains a mix of popular mutants like Wolverine, Cyclops, Rogue, and Storm, and more recent additions like Armor and X-23. The base game will come with eight unique scenarios with battles against Dark Phoenix, Magneto, and the Hell and the Hellfire Club teased. Okay. Yeah, so um this this came out of on the 30th, but a couple of days ago, uh a few days ago. Gen Con had uh, their virtual their, had their virtual um, actually, this this is kind of when Gen Con started had their virtual uh, convention which if you did not know Gen Con is a as a is a, a tabletop board gaming convention that is uh, well regarded from from some folks according to folks on my Twitter including one Matt Wang actually um, 
Uh, yeah, and I did end up seeing a, a live stream where they actually went through some of the went through a, a game of this stuff uh, with some um, fantasy flight people. It looked it looks kind of cool. Uh, these are the same people who did Marvel Champions, which is uh, which is uh, uh, a game that I look forward to playing one of these days when I have people to play with. That is actually sitting right here on the ground next to me. But anyway, nope, I never even heard of that game. Yeah, I showed it to you. Well, I did show it to you, but we never did get we didn't get too too far into it when I when I showed it. But gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool uh, concept of a co op game. You basically play as um, Marvel Champions. You play as a couple of heroes, and then you have a scenario, kind of almost like this, but I think less dice, um, where you have a scenario that you have to complete before the villains complete theirs. Uh, and like you play as the heroes, and then of course the the you know the the game itself kind of you know the 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 rules of the game. There 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 are rules for the what the the villains end up doing that you're going against, and then you cooperatively you know try to take down a villain. So, it, like I said, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, hopefully one of these days I actually get to play it with somebody. Anyway, um, the reason why I wanted you to take that one because I wanted to, I didn't want you to bear the brunt of any of this of what I'm about to do. Uh, so there is like one, two, three, four, five articles uh, about the Marvel's Avengers game <laughs> that I am going to go into in in some quarter and kind of and apparently, um, right. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six, yes. So I'm going to go through all of those because, I mean, they, they won't Please. take long, but I figured let me just go ahead and get, get them all out of the way. Um, so first up, Marvel's Avengers will add Spider-Man as DLC, but only for the PlayStation. Uh, Hold on. Yeah, and off of that, Spider-Man's Avengers devs explains why Spider-Man is a PlayStation shooter. It shouldn't be that hard to uh, to understand that. Uh, I was about to say it's easy to understand if you understand what's been going on in the cinematic world with Sony and Marvel. Lately. Well, I mean, Sony Sony has a license to Spider Man both in cinematically and for the games. So, there, so therefore, it was only it only made sense knowing that. Now, there are that's being said. There are people because the, the this Avengers game, who's who's been done by Crystal Dynamic, uh, is on multiple platforms, and the people who you know, won't be on the platform that Spider-Man is getting are none too pleased about that. I know of a couple of people like that and I'm like, I, I understand it, but yeah. and it's only because I have a PlayStation I will probably get on a PlayStation so I understand it. But even if I didn't, I would have still understood it. Plus, you know, the Spider game also came out, which, you know, you know, it, it just made logical sense for this. Uh, moving right along... Uh, Marvel's Avengers beta, which I think is shortly coming uh, for the people who have pre-ordered the game that I think about. I think it starts tomorrow, sometime this week or next week uh, as of uh, this recording of this program. Uh, But anyway, uh, Marvel's Avengers beta store offers alternate costumes for Iron Man, Hulk, Ms. Marvel, and more. So there's a, so yeah, there's a bunch of, there's some videos that's coming out about this game uh, lately um, that, you know, that are ripe for for the six or so or many other articles that are there are about this game because <laughs> this is a, a highly anticipated game, I will dare say. Anyway, uh, let's see. Ahead of its release, video was for the beta version says this has been dropped on YouTube, and like I said, there's a bunch of uh, animated. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of uh, costumes, uh, some of which you would probably know, most of which you would probably know, and some of them are 
a little out of the ordinary, but that you wouldn't know, but nevertheless, it's out there. There's a video about it. You can go check it out there at your leisure if you want to, um, if you want to check it out. And I think this during this is the same that also mentions Hawkeye is going to be one of the DLC characters and of course, Spider-Man uh, was also mentioned during this video that came out, which is, I think, where all of this stuff is coming out from. Next up, Marvel's Avengers will feature seasonal costumes. Um, so, yeah, I think during this... Uh, oh, wait, this is during an AMA on the subreddit for the game. Uh, they were asked if the game would include seasonal costumes and emotes to commemorate holidays like Halloween and Christmas. Uh, we're looking into that, they said. Uh, the short answer is yes, but not for everything. So we're making a list of what that is. Um, some will be revealed when these events happen, however. So you have to be patient, according to them. Uh, and let's see, next up, boop. Uh, how and when to get your first look at the early access beta. Well, I can just go ahead and say you, if you buy the game before it comes out, which is September 4th, you get into the beta that way. Um, however, if you are smart and wait, there is an open beta coming up. And let's see if, if the dates are here. Cause there was a list of the dates I saw. Um, so yeah. So for people who, who, for people who, um, pre-ordered on the PlayStation that is coming. Yes, that's coming tomorrow. Actually, Friday, October, August seventh, and through the 9th for those folks. And then the post people who uh, pre-ordered on the Xbox and the PC will get a beta the next week, uh, August fourteenth through sixteenth. And then there's an open beta uh, for everyone uh, with the PlayStation Four. On August the 21st through the 22nd. Um, and I'm going to assume the Xbox version also, but that doesn't necessarily mean. I know I, do, I did also see a date for the Xbox open beta too. The game itself comes out September 4th, as I said. So, you know, wait for the open beta if you're if so inclined so you don't have to pre-order it, you know. Unless you just really know you're going to want the game and then pre-order your hearts to content. Don't let me stop you. <laughs> I have yet to pre-order because I, I think I can I, I can wait. I have hopes for this game. I think it's going to be all right, but money. Marvel's Avengers companion AI will keep gamers playing for hours. Uh, after a series of War Table reveal streams leading up to the game's September release, anticipation for Marvel's Avengers has been exceeding uh, expectations. The most recent gameplay feature and character uh, announcement have fans excited to take control of Marvel's flagship superhero team. Um, uh, different gameplay modes increasingly that's the artist's take on this, but... Um, but Crystal Dynamics' most recent stream revealed a lot about the game's upcoming beta and deep dove into gameplay mechanics revolving around uh, their companion AI features, which basically means that, hey, folks, you, if you don't have people you can co-op with, you can, you know, take these folks, take the AI characters out and run with you. Not too far different from any other co-op game or, or like uh, multiple Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Something like that. So this is pretty much going through all of that. And that, folks, is the end of the Marvel's Avengers block. (laughs) (laughs) Now you can take the next one. All right, next up. The Punisher rides on with a new Marvel Legends Hasbro set. 
this had been teased earlier at Toy Fair. And then we got a final look at it. And now it's actually up for pre-order and is a, allegedly hitting some store shelves, according to um, various people on Instagram. Um, I'm referring to – and I love that this is um, – you know the article that we pulled this from, where is this from? This is from Bleeding Cool. So screw you, Bleeding Cool, for being uninformed because yeah, – This is partially why I rarely use Bleeding Cool, but – This article reads um, – uh, that it seemingly takes a page from the 80s. No, it doesn't. It actually takes a page from War of the Realms, the Punisher series, where uh, the Punisher was riding around killing, um, you know, dark elves and trolls and stuff because of the, uh, you know, because of the events of War of the Realms. And, uh, you know, he has to, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, cross over and, um, uh, whatchamacallit, he has to hunt down some giants that killed some people. That's part of the story. Um, what was the story? What was the, uh, the full was title? It, was it Punisher Kill Crew or was it Kill another Crew? One? Yeah, it was Kill Crew. Okay, it was Punisher Kill Crew with the K. Wait, wasn't that was the one where he was like, Marvel he was Unlimited. like, um, if I remember that one correctly, wasn't that the one, or maybe I'm thinking of something different, that he was basically ferrying a bunch of people from a hospital under the bridge and then was fighting trolls on the way there, and then they found. Uh, yeah, that was yeah, that was part. That was uh, I think the main. That was the main uh, War of the Realms mm. um, crossover, right? But this is the actual Kill Crew. Uh, the, and then the after Taking that, Re- he went part. right. And right. After that, he went to do right. this. So this is based on the uh, this is based on the Taking Revenge part. Like this is, um, and uh, uh, which one call it? This is based off of. I'm just gonna show an image of the cover because we don't want to get trouble with uh, YouTube. Um, yeah. You know, the helmet that he's got is essentially what he's wearing here. The the first um, the first issue of uh, Punisher Kill Crew, right? And he's wielding an Uzi and I believe uh, – no, that's an MP5. I think he's got another weapon in the toy. But at the end of the day, um, it's based on this appearance of uh, Frank Castle. So he's a little older, a little more grizzled. I'm on the fence about uh, obtaining this. I do like the chopper look of the of the bike. Uh, the handlebars are are really um, high up. They're like you know you ride high up like this as opposed to comfortably. Mm. You know, uh, I forget the name. Uh, you know what those types of handlebars are called, but at the end of the day, it's a really cool looking bike. It's 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 all blacked out. So if I'm not mistaken, you can take some of the flame effects from. Uh, the the Ghost Rider motorcycle that came out earlier and slap them on and you'd get a different looking Ghost Rider bike. So huh. interesting, you know. So it is it is pretty cool. I, I I'm I'm on the fence about it, but uh, I definitely am thinking about it. It's a little a bit easier to swallow the cost of this set as opposed to the um, the Sentinel, which I'm still on the fence about. That's pretty pricey mm. for yeah. a gigantic toy. That's not a sentinel. Or are you talking about sentinel? I'm talking about the sentinel. Oh, okay. I'm talking about the sentinel. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I, and, and this is just me editorializing before we move on to the next, uh, the, the 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 next uh, comic book news story in the spillover. Um, if it was a Galactus, I don't think I would have a choice. <laughs> I mean, you would, but I understand that you wouldn't want to take that right. choice. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I would be able to say no to a Galactus, a yeah, Sentinel. That's, that's despite the fact that I'm a big X Men person, you know, 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably still going to do it. I hate to say it, mm-hmm. but I think uh, I would not have hemmed and hawed this long if it was a Galactus. Mm. Yeah, especially when you got you already got the, the other pieces you would need for a good Fantastic Four. And probably, yeah. wait, do you have a Silver Surfer, right? Yes. Oh, man. So, yeah, you got it. All you need is an Alicia. Yeah, it'd be nice to have an Alicia. Um, it'd be nice to have other, uh, whatchamacallit, other other uh, Heralds of Galactus. I know that they did start out uh, doing a, ter- they had a Terax early on, but they haven't done a Fire Lord. I thought they did uh, do a Fire Lord. To see, what was that? I thought they did do a Fire Lord. Not Hasbro. Okay. It might, you might be thinking of the Toy Biz, like mm. the early, you know, they did a lot of, of figures. You might be thinking of Toy Biz, but Hasbro has not yet done a Fire Lord. Um, and you know what's funny is that people are getting rid of their Toy Biz figures for cheap because everyone likes the Hasbro ones better. So anyone who's looking for like a collectible um, uh, Toy Biz figure, now is the time to get them because they're going for relatively cheap on Toy Biz, on, uh, on eBay and Mercari and all those other things. Or on, on racks of Walmart where... The people are um, <laughs> people are replacing are swapping figs. Yes, <laughs> they're swapping figures. Now that I've introduced Roddy Cat to this particular <laughs> Instagram account, swap the fig, yes. um, spelled exactly like that with no spaces. You, you too can take a look at some of the tomfoolery that people engage in when they are basically they're essentially stealing figures because they buy the figures. Uh, swap the figures out with other figures and then return them for a refund. Yeah, it is a sad, sad state of affairs, but also kind of funny. <laughs> anyway, the audacity of some people. Anyway. Pretty much. Oh man, yeah, you should y'all should really check that out because some of them are just egregious. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and and, and, the, and, the, we've, and we discussed this after the show last week. Like the people at Walmart ain't gonna care because they just know like oh, somebody returning something and it's a figure in a box. So like, okay, they don't care what. There are some as long as it looks mostly complete, right? Right. But then some of them are so bad. Some of them are so so bad. Right. Like you can't understand how anyone in a return department or a or a cashier would take that back. It's just ridiculous. Right. Like it's an Iron Man box, but it's got oh I don't know uh, the Invisible Woman in it. Let's just let's just say for an instance. No, like, worse than that. I will give you worse than that. And we are not advertising for Swap the Fig here. Yeah, we are not. But, um. <laughs> but uh, but look at this one. Oh wait, let me doop. So if you are if you are watching the if you're not watching the video, uh Age of Seven is holding up what should be a Marvel's black cat Marvel's Legend feature, but it has a Star Wars uh uh, uh, probe, uh droid. Droid. Yeah, probe droid in the box. And it's a probe droid. What is that arm? It's just a, uh, I don't know, it's a weapon or something. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. But oh, regardless. Know, it's a random arm. Yeah, it looks like an arm. Yeah. So, yeah, he, that's 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 what he's holding up a picture of. That's just, again, a creature. <laughs> anyway. And it's so sad. Anyway, back to, yeah. Back yeah, to... this is the stuff that, this is the stuff that you discover when you're uh, home in quarantine for many, many moons. Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen the inside of an office, of an office. Uh, like the the grand total of like three times in the last month. Indeed, McDonald's Max Scotts uh, Funko Pops are approved by Mayor McCheese. Uh, so apparently, there's a five pack of uh, Funko Pops with the titular characters of from McDonald Land, which none of which have probably been seen in years at this point. So, <laughs> you, I would dare, dare say that you would have to be of a certain vintage to to know who any of these folks are, but that's probably not entirely true. 
Uh, but if you're watching the video, you can see the the pack in, in question. It's got Ronald, McDonald, Grimace, Mayor McCheese, uh, the Hamburglar, and Officer Mac. Uh, and uh, how much is it? Um, apparently, separately, they're like ten ninety nine. It looks like, but um, so I'm guessing, let's say fifty. <laughs> If I were to hazard a guess for the for the whole set, but yeah, there you go, folks. McDonald's um, and have Funko Pops like everything else. We don't have our Funko Pops yet, Funko. Get on that, please. Thank you. Next up, all right. So, in some interesting news, uh, uh, at Matt Wang ninety seven, we should get on this. <laughs> uh, the official Dungeons and Dragons Heroes Feast Cookbook gets a massive pre order deal. The next D&D adventure, Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, was unveiled along with an official cookbook dubbed Heroes Feast. The adventure will likely get a big pre-order deal soon, but the time is now for Heroes Feast. Heroes Feast from Kyle Newman, John Peterson, and Michael Whitwer includes 80 recipes inspired by Dungeons and Dragons that cover snacks, main dishes, desserts, and cocktails. Some examples include Bitopian Shepherd's Bread, Elven bread, um, it's not Lembus, uh, recipe sample below, um, iron rations, hand pies, hogs in bedrolls, amphale braised beef, homelet golden brown roast tur- roasted turkey, drow mushroom steaks, and moonshay seafood risotto. Desserts and cocktails include Heartland's rose apple and blackberry pie, yawning portal biscuit, the Chulton zombie, and of course... The Mind Flare recipe sample is in the article. Needless to say, the book would be a fun way to take your game nights to the next level. Kind of Interesting. Would. And if you, if that last name that uh, Agent Seventy uh, mentioned sounds familiar, Sean Whitwer is the brother of Sam Whitwer, aka the voice of Darth Maul and other characters, um, and also from uh, Being Human. But yeah, he, he's probably more not known right now for his voice work in the Clone Wars um, uh, and Rebels and such. And I think he was also, because uh, I know there's another D&D book that they both did. Um, the Visual Dictionary, if I'm not mistaken, was both of their book. Um, or I, if, that's, if that's what it's called. I can't remember. Um, um, if Matt has that book and knows what I'm talking about, he can, he can relate that. But yeah, October 27th release date. I'm actually kind of interested in this myself. Right. And if you bow to the uh, our lords who operate Amazon, you can actually get this book for 2509 in hardcover right now. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, and if you would like to see us... No, no I'm not going to put that out there. But let's just say Agent of the Seven have had talks previously before you know where I'm going with this. Uh, possibly about a campaign that we wish we could do with uh, certain properties. Sure. Uh, that are comic book related, sort of. At least one in particular. Or a couple in particular, but at least one. Um, that we'll probably never see the light of day. But wouldn't be that would be nice. Because, you know, even... Listen, we would draw... I was about to say, we could tap into 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 fans of the show, people who are connected to the show, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we put it out there for for them to play with us. It'll be pretty funny. Yeah, there was a specific, specific campaign that I definitely want to do with some specific folks that would be related to this channel. Uh, uh, foundationally, let's just say. Uh, 
And if you know anything about the 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 that, you probably get an idea of where this is going. Which actually reminds me of a um, of a video that I needed to see if it's on um, YouTube yet. But regardless, we're gonna push on to the last story, which is. Uh, let's. You want me to do it? Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, King in Black prequel puts Peter Parker back in the Venom suit. Uh, Marvel's Venom-centric King in Black event, which brings the Dark God of the Symbiotes Null to Earth, just got an apparent prequel in the form of a five-issue limited series titled King in Black Symbiote Spider-Man, because we're getting the Symbiote Spider-Man miniseries that go back to um uh the time when uh peter parker was wearing the symbiote suit before discovering that he needed to get it off by any means necessary including church bells mm. uh, this series is from peter david and artist <laughs> greg lamb <laughs> shots fire uh, that is never not funny when that happens you know what's funny real quick mm. before we go? Because that is our last news story of the night. I actually found out that to my detriment, I turned down a Greg Land variant cover. And the comic book that I, that I am referring to is Edge of Spider-Verse number two. This came up in discussions tonight with uh, uh, PCN underscore Dirt, the first appearance of Spider-Gwen. Hmm. And... The first appearance of Spider-Gwen had two covers. One is the regular cover, which most people got, mm-hmm. and one is the variant cover with Spider-Gwen rendered by Greg Land. Which I, I think like we talked about back then. Right. But now it seems that the variant, because of its variant nature and not being as common as the regular cover, is worth a lot more money than the regular cover. And when I see that, I think I don't care. <laughs> it's great land. So, you know, shots fired. Hmm. So for those that don't know, Agent 70 and uh, Dirt, PC and underscore Dirt, not big fans of Greg Land's art. If, if that didn't become blatantly apparent at that, what he just said. Anywho, so yeah, that is that. Is that. Now, it the only thing I'm going to say about this is like, it has never made any sense to me why Peter ever goes back to the black suit, especially given the trauma that is given him and his loved ones, especially like why do it now? Even though like, okay. Yeah. Well, this is a prequel, but yeah, maybe they're teasing that he's going to do it in the regular series. I don't know. Sure. But I mean, but there's been times, especially like, I think there was one time recently we went back to the the black suit for a reason for something. I'm like, why? That doesn't make any sense, but all right, sure. Do it. Do you think? Yeah. I mean, they do bring it up. Uh, If I recall, you might be thinking of when he put it on, um, for Spider-Man 800, or relatively, you know, it was like a variant. It was a variation of it. Maybe I don't remember, but yeah, well, but it was something mm-hmm. recent for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I got you. All right. So our last ad read of the night, because we're trying to get out of here, is uh, for Amazon. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon, as we were just talking about with Heroes Feast. Visit CSPN.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Heroes Feast cookbooks. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today.
And we come to the end of another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicle. Thank you each and every one of you for being here with us tonight, whether it be live with us um, uh, while we're recording this or later on in audio and or video form. Uh, we will be back next week with more comics, more news, more shenanigans, more hot takes on, you know, uh, artists we don't like, probably. <laughs> or creators we don't like. I don't know who knew. Who knows? It's all up in the air. But for myself, you can find me, Rodicat, on Twitter. At Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at uh, NewsNews Need on Twitter. And you can also find me at Rodicat on uh, excuse me, at CB Caps on Instagram. I mean, you can go to my Instagram page, but don't don't worry about it. Agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. PC underscore Dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and all the umbrella sites therein. Also, the Vine replacement um, uh, b- 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 Byte under the name Comic Reviews. No under no vowels. No underscore either, which is refreshing, but still. Uh, the Osiris of this ish one Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter. You can also find him at CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Comic Book Chronicles Twitter account. You can also find him at the Click Nation on Twitter and theclicknation.com. That's V K L I Q N A T I O N, all one word. Uh, you can also find him over at Comic Book Resources CBR.com. Um, writing his face off as he does each and every week hopefully he'll, he'll want to actually come back on his the show that he found it when he did says hi Tim <laughs> what's up Tim love you um but with that, <laughs> folks, uh, well, the, you can also find us at the CSPN. Uh, that's the calls of the podcast network, CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify, or the Coast of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. You can also find us here each and every Thursday night, unless... Well, we used to be able to say unless movie program call, but man, remember those way back when that, that was a thing. <laughs> movie protocol. Yeah. Oh my god. See, back in the day, folks, movies used to come out in these things called cinema in the theaters, and they would come out on Thursdays. And we, but anyway, you know, y'all know the drill. Um, or some holiday, something like that. Regardless, nine thirty ish p.m. on the cold. Uh, no, 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 no. On the Click Nations uh, YouTube channel is where we record nine thirty p.m. Uh, ish p.m. every Thursday night. Or you can get it after the fact, uh, audio wise. You know, I think Saturdays, some like those are what are coming up. Uh, but you can definitely check our. Um, you can definitely check our social media feeds because we will definitely do better about. Um, putting that information out there. Absolutely. When it when the uh when it comes out on audio form. And with that folks, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace one. I have the honor to be your obedient servant, Agent 70. Roddy Cat. There we go. I love it when a plan comes together. 